Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. Talent excuses cruelty. Don't you know that? Not talent. Genius, maybe. You're talented, Thomas. The world is full of talented podcasts. Podcasts! 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 Podcasts. (laughs) I got a terrible line. (laughs) It's bad. Talent excuses cruelty. It is when I got explains our dynamic. When I got to that dialogue exchange, I I genuinely loosened my collar. I went, ooh. Okay. Uh, Hello, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. I'm Karen Sims. Oh, all right. You're just, you're just, everyone's just talking. All right, great. Oh, I'm Emma Stefanski's. Uh, we are, of course, hashtag the four friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Uh, this is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Uh, yep. And it's about filmographies. Mm. Directors who have had massive success early on in their career and are given a series of blank checks to do whatever crazy paths are. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Talent does not excuse cruelty. <laughs> whatever know. crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear. Sometimes they bounce, baby. This is a series about the films of Catherine Bigelow. He had a big smile, and I, I gave him nothing <laughs> when he said "baby." It's called Pod Nineteen: The Widowcaster. Uh huh. And we've gotten to our centerpiece movie, the arguably the seminal Bigelow film. I think right. it's right in the. It might be the middle movie. One, two. Uh, oh, you're saying equidistant three, within. Four. Well, there's not a middle movie. She right. needs to make one more. She needs to make one more. Okay. Um. This one's also weird because it was shot before K-19 The Widowmaker, but comes out after K-19 The Widowmaker. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. What? Yes. This film- oh, because you mean like it, it debuted at a festival before, but it didn't actually get released until, until after. September of 2002. Which is a great, ref- like that's always right. what you want out of a movie. Right, but that is weird. I mean, yeah. her biggest movie ever. Right, came that, out that the same, took came a out the very same long year. time to shoot. And finish mm-hmm. and to post uh, came out before this movie, which just sat around for a couple of years. Yeah, and she just shot on a yacht. Yeah, and on an island. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's the weight of water, of course. We all know this. It's the weight of water, the movie that made us question whether or not to do Catherine Bigelow as amazing. <laughs> Genuinely, because I, I mean, the movie that asked the question, how much does water weigh? No, right? But, but listeners know we had been throwing around Catherine Bigelow for a long time. We wanted to cover uh-huh. her. But it was always this thing of like, fucking no one's going to listen to our Weight of Water episode. Yeah. It, it will be the least listened to episode in history. Is it worth mm. doing? I have a brief question. Have any of you guys, I know Emma and I had not seen this prior to this podcast. Had you guys seen it before? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. No Life one's is seen finite. this movie. <laughs> no one has ever seen this movie. No, no one. This movie doesn't exist. No. Um, <laughs> it is a classic movie that doesn't exist. But we were debating, how do we juice this episode up? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. How do we give it some, some sort of um, internal intrigue? Make the episode compelling on its own. Thought about getting Snooki as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> that was briefly considered. You guys should have done that. It is not a joke. <laughs> nope. No, unfortunately not. There was a week of deliberating whether or not to have Snooky on this episode. <laughs> Not that Snooky said yes, to be clear. We were deliberating whether to ask Snooky to be on this episode. Well, we had an in. We had an in. Because I don't know if listeners know this. We share something very, very important with Snooky. What's that? We both love lasagna? 
No. <laughs> That's a SNL callback. Remember that? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. We share a producer. Yeah, we do. It's true. Yep. <laughs> we share a producer, Ben. A, a producer, Ben. Mm-hmm. A Haas, a Mr. Hositive, a tiebreaker, <laughs> a birthday Benny, a dirt bike Benny, mm-hmm. a meat lover, a fart detective, a fuck David master. Get so mad during this. We do mm-hmm. not share Professor Crispy. No, no, no. No, we don't. Is, are you Professor Crispy to her? No. Okay. You're never Professor Crispy. No. Are okay. You, are you any of those things to her? Uh, you are a producer. I'm her producer. <laughs> Surprise, she knows my Boy. name, but yeah. Yeah, I'm a producer. Are you her bendacer? I mean, no. I- <laughs> wait, wait, don't, don't, don't go back to the start of the fucking list. Are you her list. soaking wet Benny? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, no, I'm not. Let me ask you this, though, okay? Mm. Oh, okay, sure. As an American. Yeah. Because I know we're living in divided times. People can't agree on anything. Mm. Does she at least recognize... That you've graduated to certain tells of the course of the commentary series. <laughs> Unfortunately, she doesn't. <laughs> Producer Ben Kenobi, Kylo Ben. No, she Ben Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Ben Say, say anything. Right. Ailey Benz with a dollar sign? I know, but no, she doesn't. Warhaz? No. Purdue Ben? No. no. That's a bummer. Yeah. That's okay. Anyway, this is our episode on The Weight of Water. We said, how do we make this episode more interesting? Now, I had thrown out on Twitter. Someone had asked at one point, who would host Blank Check if not you guys? You mean like Bizarro Blank Check or whatever? Right. And I said, like, in terms of subs, I feel like like JD, mm. Motto, Emily mm. Cheetah, and Richard Lawson are three most frequent gla- guests. They're guests of there, ours. There are guests. There are guests. <laughs> um, but, but the more I thought about it, I said, I do feel like there's an alternate universe you version. You need the dynamic. You That's know, you can't thing. just, I mean, like, those are all great folks, but you need a, you need a sort of a push and pull, a right. yin and yang. And I view those three folks as, you know, if one of us were unable to do the show for a period of time, sure, maybe one of those three in. people would sub in with right. one of us. Right. Whoever still remained. Right. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, definitely it's going to be me who's going to be unable to do the show, not you. <laughs> but, but I said, there are, there are two friends out there. Mm. Two friends who feel very parallel to us. They haven't put a hashtag on it, but they are two friends. Well, look, I mean, you know, I'm not going to pull rank here, mm-hmm. but but there's a certain level of seniority it takes, you know, maturity, experience let's, before let's you're willing to put a hashtag this introduction on it. Out. <laughs> what are we in a rush to get to? <laughs> the weight of two parallel storylines: infidelity, uh, incest, a chair murder. Wait a sec, but you're saying this is a movie about two parallel storylines and I'm presenting two you're right. parallel You're right, you're right. Friends. So are we, we're the sort of refined uh, yeah, like yacht-owning, <laughs> uh, I don't know, what what else do they do? Yes. Like we're the writers and these yeah. two are the like... But you guys are also the previous iteration. So maybe we are we're like Sarah Polly and the uh, Vanessa Shaw. Right, that's my hope. I think I'm Polly, you're Shaw. Yeah, I'm pretty... Right, <laughs> she's so pretty. I'm pretty too. Polly, yeah, no, you're very no, beautiful. No, of course, but I don't mean to go all Jeff Wells, but uh, <laughs> Vanessa Shaw is very pretty. I did feel that way every time I see her in a movie. Every time you see her for a second, you're like fucking Jeff Wells, yeah. just for one second. <laughs> yeah, because he makes me feel guilty about finding her pretty. She's so good in uh, Two I, Lovers. I, I love her. Uh, in that movie. I do think she's one of those beautiful people alive. She's, but she's I can't great. say that now because of fucking Jeff Wells. I, well, that's why I put it out there. I'm just, I'm just acknowledging it. I just sort of threw it out. 
Um, but I yeah. saw a guy in the subway today. You are the Sarah Polly. I am the Vanessa. Shirt. Right. I I'm, think that's I'm right. I'm overly delicate. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Constantly on the verge of tears. Yeah, yeah. You seem right. You seem a little touchy. Sleepy eyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I saw a guy today on the subway who I genuinely thought was Jeff Walls for half oh, a God. second. Mm. The very first press screening I went to in New York, Jeff Walls was. He there. was there. Yeah. Did he have the hat. No. Okay. He didn't have the emotionally vivid cowboy. What was the very <laughs> first uh, press screening? I think it was the Neon Demon. Oh, sure. He was there. Well, yeah. He's an L.A. man, of course. Mm. I saw a lot of him at TIFF. Um, Mostly hey. sort of, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I saw a man who I thought was Jeff Wallace on the subway, and then he turned out to just be a crazy 85-year-old man. <laughs> but I'm not even, like, making a—I'm not dunking on Wells here. For a second, I was Still like, haven't introduced our guest. <laughs> just want to make that important. clear. It's fine. They are hashtag— the other two friends, the, the two the other two friends. two pals. How do you guys think the about it? The two pals. Two buds. Two gals. The two gals. The, the, two, two, the gals. two pals. Two gals. Two gals. No. Two gals. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh, Maybe not yet. They're, they're both film critics. You can see their bylines all about town. Do you want to list places? You've both written for too many places for me to like know what to we lead both with. Karen writes for a bunch of places. They I write just for write the for internet. Two. They write for the internet. Emma writes for, right, Screen Crush and Vanity Fair. That's true. Um, You've I've, written for Slash Film? Uh, yeah, and uh, Vulture and Vice and a couple other places. Yeah. Just uh, keep going. Just keep, <laughs> keep listening. And, and also known as the, the current day uh, Martin and Lewis of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Which one's Martin? Oh, Emma. No. Yeah. Emma's Martin. Yeah, Ka- Karen Hahn and Emma Stefanski are our guests today. I'm very excited. What's up? Woo! We're, uh, we're also very excited. <laughs> now I want to. I want to talk the about next something. step of our single white femaleing, you guys. So sure. It's been I just good. and I I just messaged these two and I was like, hey guys, see, so you're going to be on the podcast for the way to water. No, there's no questions allowed, like because <laughs> it's like it's hard to pitch someone on being on the way to water episode, right? But but once again, like it was, you should take it as a compliment that we were like, we need How them do we to do this, this because we need to spice up the one that no one's going to listen to. No one's going to listen to this episode. I want to address something right That's off the bat. That's not true. People will listen Thanks. to this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sure. But they this listen is, to the Loveless episode. Yeah, this is so a come big on. test of our built-in audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but look, we're connoisseurs of context. You need this context. Some All people right. might just jump Seinfeld. straight from Point Break to, I don't know, the fucking Hurt Locker because you're only covering four movies. I mean, that's kind of what happened in her career. Audiences sort of jumped yeah. from Point Break to the Hurt Locker, right? Like, in some context in between. I want to talk about something right off the bat. Uh, Karen, you're behind something that's been taking the internet oh by storm. Oh, God. He, he's so obsessed with this. Because I think it's the best thing, but also it's not like I'm the only one. That's true. I have rarely seen film Twitter take to someone else's bit this hard. <laughs> It's because it's not a bit. But that's it why. That's well, it's, okay. it is a bit. Emma's calling her out. Emma's calling her out. <laughs> it's both. I want. Okay. I want to okay. get some conflict going. No, because you're, you're just you're gonna, you're gonna right. ruin our friend. I'm stirring shit up. Right. There can only be one, two friends. <laughs> you're you're the Griffier duo. Yeah. And I feel like Dave and I get into arguments about this a lot about stuff I do and whether or not it is a bit. Oh. And the answer is I rarely do stuff I don't actually feel, but I yeah. also know that I'm making it into a yeah, bit. You lean sure. into okay. it. I'm framing it. In a in a bit as as a delivery device, sure. of my own feelings, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but but everyone's got their their bits on film Twitter. It's a it's a bitty little world, mm. right? Yeah, sure. It's garbage. <laughs> the worst. You do it for the fans, not for the too, critics. Sure. Yeah. You know, everyone's everyone's got their routine. 
But your routine is very infectious because <laughs> you have what you've dubbed Karen's boys. I didn't come up with that. She name. didn't come up with that. Who, Who came up with the name? I don't remember. Anymore. Someone else came up with was that. Was it interesting? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Fran. Uh, yeah, no. Someone dubbed them Karen's yeah. boys. It might, yeah, I, I don't know. But Karen's boys, they are. They I'm, gonna, are I'm trying to look it up. They're your boys. They are the the, the actors. Who you love in multiple senses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're they're people whose work you respect and who you also find attractive. That's correct. I'm and going back, you're going back to try to find the origin. Yeah. Yep, yep. Keep going. Keep, no, carry on. Keep talking. But you have like a very specific type of just like hardworking blue collar character actor. Yeah. Often international. Uh, who who you really take to? Yes. Um, I think Emma described him at some point that was like, they all look like either they would die within the first 30 minutes of the movie or that or they would be the killer at the end. Yeah, I think I did say that's, that. That's pretty spot on. I mean, Ben Mendelsohn is kind of like the... He seems to be the flagship. He's the boy. emblematic, right. Yeah. And he certainly falls in that category. He's yes, either first to go or, or the one who offers the final blow. Yeah. Recent right. Burger Report subject, Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Introduce oh. him with his proper title. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Recent Burger Report subject. Do, 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 Ben Mendelsohn. Um, Thanks. This, this movie uh, has a, a pretty major Karen's boy in it, right? Uh, Had he previously been dubbed as such? Yes. I th- definitely, yes. yes. I mean, to the point that David... I, David texted me while he was watching this, sure. and he was like, four scenes, four shots in, there's a pretty major Karen's boy. Yes. And when I started watching... It was pretty obvious who he's talking about. Sure, sure. Vanessa and Shaw. One of, yes. And one of the things that I have to say, among multiple things that I found terrible about this movie, is that uh-huh. it made me feel uncomfortable for liking him. Like, sure, it made he, him actively unattractive. He's, sure. Yeah, he's a bit of a, a creep in this He's one. horrible. Not yeah. gross. But, but a lot of Karen's boys are often presented as creeps. Or sad sacks. <laughs> sure. Or right. both. Because that's the whole fucking bit, that's is right. that people don't usually get a crush on... I don't know. Give me, give me, give me a Karen's boy. Eddie Marsden. Yeah, that's a good one, right? <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> I, yeah. Do you know what I think? Sure. Is, uh, Eddie Marsden, who is like a big cube on a little cube, a little right. cube on a big cube. He's a cube. He's a cube-shaped man. He's he's one he of those. He looks like a Minecraft character. You're he right. does. He does. He looks like a Minecraft character. He's one of those Tetris configurations that stresses you out. You didn't rotate it fast <laughs> enough, and you're like, "Fuck! How do I ever clear a line?" He's with in that a, on the board. He's in Mark Felt. And oh he like God, literally doesn't even have a, a character name. He plays like a CIA guy, I think. Yeah. My he two just, like, most anticipated movies, Mark Felt and Death of Stalin. <laughs> Death of Stalin is is good. <laughs> One out of two is going to be satisfying. I'm not talking about good movies. No, I, no, I, I understand. These are like your Ocean's Eleven. Yes, this exactly. is like Mark, yeah, Mark, Mark, Felt, Damon. Mark Felt has Josh Lucas in it, in fact. Um, but uh, he just sits down and he's like, yeah, the CIA's all over this. And you're like, oh, it's Eddie Marsden. Never comes back. You're like, why, why, why is he in this one shot? Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's Mark well, Felt Report. That's, I feel like, Felt Report. I feel like a, a cornerstone of Karen's boys is, because I'm fascinated from a distance and trying sure. to identify who is a Karen's boy. What you have to qualified. be middle-aged. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but here's the thing. I think all of them got a lot of face. A lot of face? Yeah. Like big heads? Oh my gosh. Well, like Kieran Hines' That's big head. That's a very He's good a big, way of putting it. Big-headed man, yeah. So like literally a lot of face there. But then I look at Eddie Marsden, who's compact, but I go, there's a lot of face There's there. a lot of yeah. face. They give a there's lot of a face. There's a lot of different stuff going on in the face there. 
You have there's a face where you have to lean in and go, what exactly is going on? <laughs> and these guys who kind of like dramatically change appearance depending on angle. Yes, that's correct. Like if within a shot they tilt their head and now they it's look like a totally different. You're trying to figure out how the fucking nose works. I mean, I think what you're saying is someone with like a lot of character in their face, right? That's a nice yeah. euphemistic way of putting it, right? right? Where it's like you don't think of them as maybe like conventionally handsome, but there's like. Sure. There's sort of, there's like a story there when you look at them. These are actors I love where when they show up on screen, I go like, fuck yeah. Like in the theater, I like start like high-fiving. you sound like a great person to go see a movie with. Hey, you know for a fact I'm a great person. You are, you're wonderful. Um, but, uh, but then, but then, but then you add the, the amorous level Mm -hmm. onto it. (laughs) But I do. That's a very generous way of putting it. (laughs) I feel like film Twitter is like often like. Running back to you after they've seen a movie <laughs> with true. a good. Karen's I do get a boy. lot of tweets yeah. that were mm-hmm. like, "So I just watched this movie, and this character actor was in it. Are they a Karen's boy?" We can spoil who it is, by the way. It's a Karen. We said it. We said it. Oh, okay. yeah. Karen yeah. Hines. Did yes. we say it? I, I don't think we, think we said it. No. Karen Hines. Yeah, he's the he's well, the KB in this movie. Yeah, Sean Penn is kind of like the no. anti KB. He's right? awful. I hate him. Right. I don't I agree. Agree, but he's sort of the antithesis. Why is he the antithesis? He's not that handsome. Yeah, yeah he's not he's that attractive. Sean Penn's got a lot of face. I got to say, I'm sorry, but I got to say it. He's got a lot of face. I agree, but here's why I think he stands in stark contrast to what makes a true Karen's boy. Karen's boys are often like Sam Neill or Vincent D'Onofrio, people who have somewhat uh, cute sort of online, (laughs) weird sort of doddering online like uh, lives. You know what I I mean? I did get roasted for like a full month around Dunkirk because like every time I'd bring up Mark Reynolds, they'd be like, Mark Reynolds has one bit and it's just doddering old fool and you love (laughs) it. On screen, he definitely leans into, uh, but anyway, sorry, carry on, Griff. My point is, Mm. Sean Penn acts like he's sexy. Oh. Sure. Well, I, I think there was a time when Sean Penn was sexy. Like the 80s is what I'm referring to. Sure. And I know people who found him attractive before he turned into a lived-in shoe. (laughs) (laughs) With a mustache. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. A decent shoe that has outstayed its welcome. By far. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) Okay, yeah. Uh, A a mid-level leather boot. I like this article. The one about Chapo? Yeah. Was it about Chapo? I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I think there's that Sean Penn thing where he's like... They're not people who present themselves as being sexy. Like, it's not a sure. attitude thing. That's a good thing. way to put it. And it's it, right. that movie star thing of Sean Penn being like, I'm a fucking movie star. And mm-hmm. what you like about Karen's boys is they're just hardworking, mm-hmm. nice men who do their job. And even someone like Sam Neill who, like, becomes a leading man kind mm-hmm. of unconventionally in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Sure. He still approaches it like a Karen's boy. He's not. He's not showing up. He's just doing the work. He's just doing the work. Which is actually kind of a classic Spielberg league thing. Because you think mm. of Richard Dreyfuss. Is yeah. he? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like right. you know, he liked the sort of uh, the everyman type <laughs> right. leading man. I heard that. Right. <laughs> right. But you only you. you Richard like, Dreyfuss. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Dreyfuss. Oh, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now he's old and kind of liver spotted. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Remember when he played Dick Cheney? Yes. Yeah, it's a weird performance. Very weird. Uh, it's one of those performances where you're like, yeah, I get it, Richard Dreyfus. You hate Dick Cheney. You know what I mean? Like he's putting, he's leaning a little too much into like, I don't think this is a human being. There's that, and I love Richard Dreyfus. There's that I love scene him. where he holds up the sign with an arrow pointing to him that says, "Ain't I a stinker?" <laughs> oh God. Uh, that's a. Fucking weird movie. Who plays Colin Powell in W? Now I'm trying to remember. Uh, Jeffrey w. Wright. 
Jeffrey oh. Wright. And yeah. Who's a real Griffin's boy. Like that's like one of those oh, character actors when great. he shows up he's on great. screen. I, I saw whatever it was, the second Hunger Games with uh my the the lady I was dating at the time. And when he showed up on screen, I literally went, fuck yeah. <laughs> and she turned to me and said, I thought you hadn't read the books. Oh. And I was like, I haven't. That's just Jeffrey Wright. He's one of our finest yeah. actors. Because <laughs> I, I just remember W kind of makes it like a little too easy where it's like Colin Powell's sort of the, I don't the audience know about is supposed this. to like yeah. be invested in him and Dick Cheney's like mm. the <laughs> let's bomb. Sorry, he's like the, he's the what? He's the <laughs> guy. Uh, Tandy Newton kills him that though. Uh, I think that movie is weird and I barely remember it. She I, always kills it. Though. Yeah, I she's think good. she's really good. She's a, she's a GG actually. That's what we should be talking Griffith's about. Girl? Griff's Girls. <laughs> let's, let's just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the way to water, yeah, please. Let's not Let's talk hurry about along Griffin's girls. <laughs> everyone wants to hear us talk about this movie. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, it stars a big GG, uh, Sarah Polly. Um. Uh. Yeah, I love Sarah Polly, and she's this is so good. she was cast right off of I, I would uh, the Sweet Hair After, which oh, is sort of okay. break. You know, like you know what I mean. Like Sweet Hair After comes out in '97, and Guinevere too was like kind of a big thing for her. Guinevere, I don't even know what that is. That was a uh, what's her? That was like a big like. No, movie I believe like, you. I just don't know it. '99, uh, yeah. Guinevere. Uh, look up who directed. Someone, uh, someone. Audrey Wells, who did. Something uh, else. Under the Tuscan Sun. Oh, yeah. That's Star 69 Italy? Yeah, I guess That's so. the question it asks. It's <laughs> a question so. Sandra O oh, and that movie asks. Can you star 69 Italy? We still have yet to answer we it. We just don't know. But but a weird never heard of this ensemble cast. Uh, huh. uh, oh, in The Weight of Water? Yes. Yeah. 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 Josh Lucas, Karen Hines, Sean Penn. Elizabeth Hurley. Elizabeth Hurley. Uh, Elizabeth Hurley, kind of right at the tail end of her fame. Mm. Uh, well, in terms of when it came out, but when it was shot, it was at the peak of her fame. That's the weird thing. Do you think it was at the peak of her fame? I mean, you're, it's at the peak of her being in big movies, I guess. I would argue it's the peak of her fame because if they shot this movie in 1999, this would have been when Austin Powers was like mm. at peak level. And I know when she's barely in the second again? one, 2000. Okay. Um, Dazzled is 2000. Because Powers comes out. I saw out, that in theater. Powers comes out in 97, obviously, but like does okay in theaters and then is a humongous, humongous video success. So it took a year or two before like she got the full benefit of the Powers bump. Sure. I would argue. I, I understand what you're saying. And she's in Ed TV. Right. Which she plays a similar role as she does in The Weight of Water, essentially sure. the, uh, the, the temptress. Right. Bedazzled, Serving Sarah. That's like her run of big studio comedies. Yeah. But I think her most famous moment is wearing a really famous dress in 1994 and everyone going, who the fuck is that? And like that, I mean, a dress that's so famous that has its own Wikipedia page. Wait, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Really? I don't know any of this. This is a very famous dress. Black I am Versace not talking out of my ass. Often referred really? to as that dress. That yes. Dress. Wow. Which like, uh, I think it was the premiere for Weddings at a Funeral. She was uh, in a relationship with Hugh Grant, which she wasn't she was for a very long well time. Known. She was kind of Sienna Miller. Sure. Where like Sorry. Sienna Miller, what? I felt like. Because Sienna Miller had her whole public thing about her with Jude Law before right. she had ever been in a movie that anyone had seen, I felt like it took a while for her to get out of the shadow of being like a famous Jude Law's girlfriend. Right. Uh, yeah, that's true for her, and I think I think Hurley. It is, I think had that for like four years. It's definitely yeah. true for Elizabeth Hurley because not only was so he steps out with her at the forwarding's funeral. She's wearing this very famous dress. Oh, Ben, have you ever never seen this dress? It's a great dress. <laughs> I mean. Uh, 
Now, I, I'll admit, I grew up in Britain at like the yeah. height of her fame as like an ingenue. Like, you so lived Brit- in, you lived yeah, in Britain? Yeah, yeah. Never heard of Wait, that. really? <sighs> I think this is a bit, because if he'd lived in Britain, he would have brought it up before now. For sure, is, he would yeah. It wouldn't be like a recurring question from us. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, and then, it, you're right. It took a while for her to be in big movies. Right, because her breakout definitely is Austin Powers, which ninety seven is very, very good. I, I rewatched that movie. Very recently. good. In yeah, it? I she's was good. I was kind of taken aback rewatching with how good I think. Weirdly, she is that's the Austin Powers I've seen the least. I've only seen it like a couple times. It's so good. It is. It is good. It it really is. Like I I feel like we've gotten to how the you guys point feel about now. Austin Powers. Uh, it's good. I've seen I've that one. Never seen any of them. Really. They're so young, Griffin. It's so fucking upsetting. I've only seen the like, yeah, baby clip, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Great clip. Uh, both of you are 12. We should mention that. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, I will say I rewatched Austin Powers because it was a very big movie to me growing up. And the sequels, I think, are diminishing returns with solid bits in them, but aren't really fucking movies. Um, but uh, I rewatched the first one, and I think we've gotten to a point in culture where we are far enough removed from uncles doing Austin Powers and Dr. Evil impressions all the time mm-hmm. that the movie can kind of be viewed purely can breathe again. a little more. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. And I think it's really fucking strong as a comedy. I encourage people to rewatch or watch all right. Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. But Elizabeth Hurley, I think, is, is really uh, strong in that in a tricky role. How do you feel about her in My Favorite Martian? Incredible. <laughs> I've seen that movie, but I don't remember. My it. Fair Martian was my birthday party that year. Aww. Hey, man, 1998. So you would have been like uh, nine. nine or ten. Yeah, Eight, yeah. nine, nine. I would have been nine. Uh, I, oh, I'm sorry. It's 99. Then so I would have been ten. would have been ten. Uh, I uh, wanted to do a movie party because that felt like I love movies. Why would I go to a place that isn't a movie theater for my birthday? And that was the only thing that came out in February. Oh, gosh. February 12th, 1999. <laughs> I had very good luck in that sense because I did kind of the same thing while I was growing up. I was like, my birthday is when my birthday's in May, so it's when all the big studio movies come out. So I'd always have a Marvel movie. It was terrific. See, I, uh, when for my 13th birthday, waited until Spider-Man came out. Oh my God. (laughs) So my birthday was in February and I didn't have my party until May. And everyone showed up and they were like, wasn't your birthday like? (laughs) (laughs) I vaguely remember at school saying happy birthday to you less than a year ago. Yeah, but Spider-Man. You also changed your birthday on Facebook to get a free meal at Medieval Times. Am I correct in saying that? And then I wish you a happy birthday on Facebook. Uh, I remember that. That is correct. I remember that. That is correct. So I, this was, this was several years ago. Okay, never mind. You guys did something similar this year, I feel like. Uh, I was uh, going to Medieval Times with a bunch of my friends in Toronto, and we knew there was a discount because it was like 13 of us, and no one wanted to go, and I was like, uh, what if I pay for everybody? Oh my God. Wow. And then everyone was like, yeah. And I was like just at the tail end of my Mulaney money, mm-hmm. which was like running, running dry pretty quick. You were just like putting it all over town too. Yeah. yeah, it turns out they don't keep paying you if you get fired from a sitcom. You're kidding. So I had the money from the pilot and I was like, I'll never run out of money again. And then I was running out of money, but I offered to pay for everyone for medieval times. I was like, fuck, I bit off more than I could chew. How do I get a discount here? Yeah, that place doesn't strike me as cheap either. No. It's not like 15 bucks for everybody, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Wait, how much is medieval times? Too much. So <laughs> I was like, uh, it's someone's birthday. And they were like, okay, great. What's the name of the birthday person? And I was like, uh, me, Griff, Griffy, Griffy Nooms. Turn your iPad off. I'm sorry. Fucking monster. And... Uh, they were like, okay, you're going to have to show uh, proof when you get here. And I was like, oh, fuck. 
So then sure. I changed my birthday on Facebook mm. oh. so that I'd have a whole wall and I could just be like, hey, I'm from America. I don't have ID, but here's my Facebook wall. But then I got stressed out that it wasn't enough. Right. I don't think I've told you this part. Uh, maybe not. I took, I took my passport. We went to the local copy shop and I wrote out fake numbers and I taped them to my passport and then photocopied it four times so it got degraded. Oh my God. So I could bring <laughs> so the photo. So you had copy. like a photo. Uh, wow. A fake passport. How did it look? I did it with my friend and like, he was like, wow, you did a really good job with that. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, like you've done like, this do you do visual art? And I was like, kind of. I mean, I like drawing a lot, but I, you know, I don't really show my work. It sounds like a great conversation. It like, you know, I like it to be something that I do just for myself and not for validation <laughs> on like all the other things I do in my in my life. And then we like walk back. And we were so proud of it. And I showed it to the group and everyone's like, that's the worst fucking thing. <laughs> You're going to get arrested if you bring that. <laughs> Medieval times. Yes. So we didn't you bring it like customs fraud. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We didn't bring the passport. Sure. We went there. They didn't check anything. Right. All my friends got angry because I had faked my birthday. And now right. every year on my birthday, people go like, is this the real <laughs> oh, one? God. It's true. You can only pull that once. Yes. Mm, yeah. Uh, but my friend, my, my friend Taylor, I believe, still has my fake passport on his fridge. Because oh. uh, um, he thinks it's funny. How about it? 35 minutes in. Have <laughs> cool. we not discussed? Although, to be fair, I think uh, we recorded for a bit uh, without starting. Yeah, so maybe, maybe the episode's not that five long. Minutes. Ben's looking at his phone. He literally <laughs> replied to a tweet recently, like, on air. So uh, it's time to talk about Kingsman now, right? Yeah. Now that we're 30 minutes Oh, in? yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, no, but Emma hasn't seen it, <laughs> so we got to keep this brief. Okay. Uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Bad movie. I'll Great just movie. go on. I'll be on Twitter. <laughs> Mixed movie. Sure. Okay, so really? there we go. <laughs> That's our discussion of Kingsman, The I Golden Circle. No, but second time yesterday. You saw it twice? <laughs> No, I know. I assume you went to the press screening the I first did, time. Yes. So it's like you only paid, paid to see for it once. once. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, but then you had to see it with the fans. Uh, weirdly, the press were having a better time with it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, where'd you see it? What theater? Uh, the first time or the second time? Second time. Um, 80, 84th Street, AMC. Good theater. Mm -hmm. Solid theater. Good theater, Crazy. but right. Maybe the crowd not so yeah. raucous. Can be yeah. a limp crowd there sometimes, yeah. I found. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Although I remember seeing X2 X-Men United there. Boy. <laughs> A place was lit. Jacked up. Sure. Yeah. Um, Jacked up for X2. Oh, yeah. But but it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. I hated it. I was surprised how much I hated it because I really oh, liked wow. the first one. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, Griffin, you are in the middle here. Uh, what do you think of Kingsman the Golden Circle? I, I enjoy things about it. Uh, I, you know, remember when the first one came out and people were like, ooh, there's a lot of uh, ideological stuff in this movie that's kind of icky. Which is worse than the second one. Right. Which the first one, right. Yeah, the first one definitely is having uh, fun sort of playing on that edge or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. I, and I felt like nowhere near skillfully, but the first one danced around Verhoeven stuff uh -huh. where it was like, you know the difference between where he's like, look, this is what they do. Like depiction hey, do like endorsement. This? It felt right, kind right. of honest, <laughs> do and you I like this? well, because right. like the first one's a Bond parody, right? right? And so like the villain in the first one, you're kind of like, I don't know, is he even bad? Like, is this mission even like, like definitely evil? And they're like, yeah, no, it is. We got to kill him, blow everyone up. Like, it's fine. Just like total ultra violence will take care the of it. The bottom line is just like, don't worry about it. I, yeah, right. exactly. I liked all of that. I liked that dance the movie was doing. I understand why people don't. Mm -hmm. I understand, you know, the frustration over like, does Matthew Vaughn actually even care about anything or is he just a provocateur? <laughs> is he just trying to piss people off? Is he a regular Ricky T jokes? He made Stardust. He's got to care. 
Right. And I feel like he walks a very fine line, which Verhoeven did with his Hollywood films as well, where he like cares about his characters Mm -hmm. as people, even though he despises what they represent, which I find very interesting when filmmakers are able to pull that off. I I get you because he definitely cares about Eggsy. Right. And I think Taron Egerton is very charming. Right. And I Eggsy. It's and not, I, is it eggy? Well, it's, the point well, is he keeps com- on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Griff gets it. Yeah. Griff gets it. Uh, GGI. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, and, and I think some of the stuff he's getting at in the movie in terms of, of class and behavioral, socioeconomic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, There's a lot more interesting in the first one. Yes. And in the second one, I feel like they kind of throw everything out the window and yeah. just do a bunch of shit. Yeah. There are too many ideas that aren't really tied to anything. And it's frustrating to me because the Statesman stuff, which I think mostly just feels like a lark and set up for a third movie, is never really properly integrated into it. Oh, yeah. That that was... I was like, why does... And, yeah, sorry, carry on. It's really frustrating because I felt like it was right there to actually do a thorough dissection of the differences between the classic male archetypes yeah. in British culture and That's American culture. That's what I was hoping culture. for. I think Colin Firth shouldn't have been in the sequel. Yeah. I think the entire second film should have been him teamed up with one statesman, yeah. not this fucking like back and forth between Chan Channing and Pedro. Yeah. Who both, I think, are solid in the movie, but it's yeah. just like too Everyone much shit going on. Fine. Although I thought Julianne Moore was kind of half assed. Loved her in it. Yeah. <laughs> Loved her. I think it was Cam who said something like, I feel like she showed up and then she was like, all right, you guys get one take. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I, I did not like loved her. Loved her in it. I was really happy with her work. I liked I her vibe. I loved really it. bummed out when she disappeared for like a full hour. Yeah. But that sure. would happen to like everyone character- who wasn't an OG, like yes. Kingsman. Right. Because the, they were just like, let's just have everyone I feel like I'm talking about the movie minutes. like I don't like it, which is misrepresenting how much I liked it. Why did you like it? There's. I okay. Life is short, and there are three things I like about this movie, which is Pedro Pascal just throwing all that charm around everywhere. Sure, number very two, charming. Mark Strong sings John Denver, and number three, Colin Firth holds a puppy. I don't need anything else out of a movie. I had a great I time. Need, I need more things out of a movie. <laughs> it's all the boys. All the boys. It's all the boys. Like, you if, liked all the stuff the boys mm-hmm. did. If Mark Strong releases a single singing John Denver, I'll <laughs> listen to it's it. It's on the soundtrack. I know it is. It's, I know. The track is titled No Time for Emotion. Go on iTunes and buy that uh, shit right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mark Strong's good. I enjoy Mark Strong in general. He's so I, great. I think he's having fun in that movie and he actually gets a little to do. Yeah. Uh, unlike most people in the movie. Uh, but there's something about, I mean, I really just think it's buying into its bullshit. That's my thing. I would agree with that. It's like the first one was like, no, we're a broad parody. We can get away with everything. And the second one's like, but, you know, the Kingsman lore is definitely interesting. And I'm like, no, it isn't. It's not interesting. I don't care. I also, you know, I like the final joke at the end of the first Kingsman, which I know most people hate. But because I like how disgusting it is. Well, no, like, the, again, this is what they're doing. They're like, hey, James Bond always gets laid at the end of the movies and it's always kind of weird and gross. Right. So he's getting laid and it's going to be even weirder and grosser. Do That's, you like that? Right. I don't like, like. Isn't that the bit Matthew Vaughn's doing? That's like that's Mark Millar's whole dumb right. Which thing. I I hate, and I think Vaughn is usually <laughs> able to filter the Miller the stuff needle, right, sure, better. Right, 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 I, right. Miller has uh, no subtlety. He does not have a steady hand. No, you don't think Kickass is a subtle. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. Um, but then there's the the bit where they have to plant the the homing device in insane. Kingsman Two, which like for me is like. Okay. Well, now I can't even defend the joke at the end of the first one because no. it feels like you had no idea what you were doing. For, right. for context? Oh, I know. I okay, heard about great. this. It's this a fucking nightmare. Wait, no, we did did talk it's about a this. nightmare. Okay. Uh, yeah, apparently Taron Egerton refused to film that scene. 
So Did then really? what happened? They brought in the actress's husband. <gasps> no. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I respect Taron Egerton more now. Yeah. Uh, he's a good boy. He's a good uh, boy. Also, apparently the movie had a bunch of Trump jokes that they decided to take out. I'm not surprised because Bruce uh, Greenwood is Bruce doing Greenwood. like his He's doing best. like a quasi-Trump. Yeah. Which like, is weird because the first movie blows up Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his head explodes. That's the thing. So the second one, they're like, ah, I don't know. Trump might be a little tricky to do, though. Uh, really? <laughs> well, it's like you have Bruce Greenwood. Lily like- Allen's dad gets fed into a meat grinder. <laughs> and then Julianne Moore turns into a burger. Yep. But it's like yes, it is a burger port. The character is written like Donald Trump, but then Bruce Greenwood plays it like W. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yes, which has got the southern accent. Yeah, yeah, and even just the way he styled the demeanor, the physicality, and everything. Yeah, it. I mean, it made me like the first one a little bit less because now I wonder how much of that was intentional. Like a lot of the stuff that was murky. In the first one, where for me, I was like, that's the point. You shouldn't be enjoying this shit. Right. Now I'm like, wait, I think he wants us to like everything. Mm. The weight of water. I, yes. have, a, I have a segue <laughs> no, for a new movie that has also recently come out that Emma saw that I have not seen, which I thought of while watching The Weight of Water, <laughs> which is that while watching The Weight of Water, I was like, Sarah Polly is living through what my understanding of mother is. <laughs> We haven't talked about Mother on this fucking podcast either. So we'll that's my segue to two different things. I don't oh think that's true, though. Have you you've seen Mother? Yeah. You liked yeah. Mother. I liked it, yeah. Okay. I, I, that's fine. The more I think about it, the more annoyed I become with it. But Why? I did enjoy it. Because, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because Is of it all just because the... Darren Aronofsky's like walking around town like... <laughs> He's just like enjoying... Like, Let me tell you what it's about. Annoying everybody. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah. He's doing the opposite of David Lynch. If... If he wasn't saying anything about it, I would like the movie more. I, I wish he would so stop Darren, talking. I, yeah, I, Darren, I, stop talking. I actually you're... don't care because like directors can say what they want. I don't give a shit. But I also am like, well, you can say what you want, but I get to think what I think about the movie, mm-hmm. right? I also, you know, like I dislike the movie, but I walked out of it and was like, that's a movie I don't like that I'm really happy exists. Like I'm sure, happy people sure. are making movies like that or taking swings like that. It's an actual blank check that we don't really get. To, I'm sorry. Say that, say that again. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, but, uh, his entire response to the press feels like, well, you don't get to make that movie, then tell people how they watch it. Mm -hmm. Right. There's very, I mean, cause like the whole point of the marketing that's supposed to be, you get to talk about it after it's supposed to inspire fun conversation. And there was that recent interview he did where he was like, in one interview said both like, we knew we were doing, it's a punk rock movie. It's a punch in Uh. the face. Like you're not supposed to like it. And then also said like. You know, I'm really frustrated when I see people refusing to engage with the movie intellectually just because like, it isn't the which same. Which is it? Which right. is it? Right. <laughs> right. At least Matthew Vaughn is like, I want you to be upset. Like, at least he's consistent being like, I'm a fuckhead, you know? I guess so. Yes. <laughs> I've read Aronofsky. less interviews with him. Yes. Um, here's my segue I'm going to do if Great. you're ready for this. <clears throat> do you know that Mark Strong, star of the uh, Kingsman films, was in a uh, punk band in college? I did know this. And it was called Private Party because the bit was they didn't want people to show up. So they put signs up where they'd say Private Party tonight at 7 with the location. Yeah. So people wouldn't show up because they weren't invited. You know who else was in a punk band when they were young? Good old Liz Hurley. Oh, really? Was in a punk band called Vestal Virgins. Oh, boy. Okay. I take it back. Right. So The Weight of Water. Uh, Yeah. She was a punk. She's from Basingstoke. She's a punker. And she says, when I was 16, the thing to be in Basingstoke was punk. So she dyed her hair pink. Of course. And pierced her nose. 
super punk. I mean, she was 16. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make fun <laughs> of 16-year-old Liz Hurley. We all do things at that age. Uh, really? Sorry, I'm just reading her. Uh, we, ben, Ben's also just like leaning in to like read Liz Hurley's Wikipedia page with me, which is fine. It's just, what are you looking for? I'm just interested in punk. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, she's a, the queen of punks. Ben, you seem weirdly bored by us not talking about <laughs> The Weight of Water for someone who has not seen The Weight of Water. Uh, well, no, I don't know. I'm just, I'm doing email stuff for work. Cool. How far did you get in before you uh, fell asleep? Like five, ten minutes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not that boring. I, I, no, but you I You were sleeping. Are you sure I was it's tired. not that boring? I mean, you're, okay, it's I pretty had, boring. I had it's pretty been boring. in Boston over the weekend and I was traveling and that's, that's sure. my excuse. Sure. Also, I would say the credits are the most boring part of this film. Oh, God. Uh, I texted Emma when I started watching this movie. I was like, is this sax music for real? And she was like, oh, yeah, the, the sexy music? Yeah. Like, over everything. That, even the back in time stuff really where that thought, instrument doesn't exist. <laughs> I really thought hey, it was man. just going to be the credits, but it's the whole movie. It's, the whole it's, movie. it's very. What if this movie was about the invention of the saxophone? That's like what it's really getting <laughs> The Kenny at. G story. Cool. Yeah. Um, the saxophone is akin to the like oh, the water's no. weight. Oh. Why is I it called the weight of water? No, no, I thought that they would explain that. I thought that would be a line in the movie, but it and never you can is. turn and go. That's the weight of water. Yeah, like right, whispers yeah. to date while yeah. watching. Yeah, right. <laughs> whispers to date when water is weight. That's the weight of water. <laughs> Which also the weight of water sounds like a fake title of a boring drama that someone a, wants to make in a, a satire like about a Hollywood. <laughs> like it feels like the screenplay that Vincent D'Onofrio is trying to get them to read. Don't the rag on Vincent like this. Yeah, no, right. I, I, it's it's called Vincent. the weight of water. It's a real screen. <laughs> no, play. you're right. I, uh, it's a fake title. Uh, <laughs> it's fake. Vince is a great boy. Vince is a great boy. Love Vince Vaughn. All time uh, Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Don't love Vince Vaughn. It's mixed on him. <laughs> Stoked for Braun's Cell Block 99, though. It looks good. Uh, here it is. Violent. What? This is like the fourth time we're going to talk about that fucking movie. Why are oh, we still okay, we're sorry, talking about the same four things in every episode? We're talking about Jim Belushi, Cell Block 99. But The Weight of Water is based on a book. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when I was watching it, like 20 minutes on, I was like, wait a second, what the fuck is this movie? So yeah. I like Googled it. And yeah. I realized it was based on a book. And I was like, that makes total sense. This sure. really feels like a movie that's based on a book. But it wasn't a hugely successful book, right? It was pretty well known, I really? think, at the time. Uh, uh, let's just say I haven't heard a word about it in my lifetime. Sure. Uh, neither the book nor the movie. Exactly. Uh, book. Let's find you out. I want to see imagine, if it was like a bestseller. You have to imagine this was somewhat of a passion project for Bigelow, though. She loved the book. Yeah. Did she? Uh, has she said anything to that effect? I hunted for interviews with her Couldn't about this find movie. Anything. No, I found stuff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. But it's really hard. I had to yep. go to like a book. I had to go to like Google Books. The Wayback Machine. Yeah. Um, yes. It's hard to tell. It's hard to look up like how successful books were. Uh, but I found her books office mojo. Oh God, David, check check books office mojo. So, uh, so that's so a wrap. <laughs> I hate you, yeah, Karen, and I have to go office. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta go. Everyone's gotta go. Mojo. <laughs> uh, here we go. Catherine Bigelow interviews Google Books. I should have bookmarked this. Like I'm such an idiot. Uh, the weight of water. She loved the manuscript mm, when she was shooting Strange Days. Okay, so she read the manuscript in 1994. She, now. Catherine Bigelow's mother was a Norwegian immigrant. Uh. So I think she was drawn to uh, the story of Norwegian immigrants uh, coming to Smutty sure. Nose Island sure. and just killing each other with chairs. And boy, are Great. the noses smutty in this movie. <laughs> uh, smutty Nose here, and Appledore. Yeah. I'm quoting this from a, a, a book that's like quoting from an interview she gave. 
Uh, my mom's side of the family was all Norwegian, so I grew up with these incredible stories of coming to America and trying to make a life here and how difficult that was, yada, yada, yada. They haunted me. So when I read this manuscript, it was a kind of way to bring back mom, to bring mom back to life. It was very personal okay. for me. Had her mother died recently? She had died recently, yes. Okay. She had passed away while she was making Strange. There we go. This movie makes 100% sense to me now. <laughs> I feel like most uh, yeah. filmmakers have that movie where you're like, "What's what was that? Yeah, why? And then they explain it was about one of their parents who had died right before they married. Right. Oh. I'm trying to find... She had loved Sarah Polly in The Sweet Hereafter. I think she's someone of staggering talent, she mm-hmm. says. And she like scraped together money. And this is a Studio Canal film. Yeah. Right. So she born like, film. She had some decent sized stars at this moment. Right. She gets it was a $16 million budget. It's all on the screen. And Strange Days was her big blank check movie. And it bombed. It had bombed. And it got a very middling response at the time. So you. So maybe she had to rather than going to another studio. You imagine that movie. she would want to just go back to basics, make a, you know, a real contained adult drama just to get her feet back on. Dry land, but also, oh boy. also, <laughs> mm-hmm. pun not intended for your information. Thank you. Pun not intended. Thank you. But also, if you like compare this to uh, Elizabethtown, which is Cameron Crowe's dead parent movie. Sure. Like this doesn't feel as like wildly think I'd like be doing it, but you're right. Yes. <laughs> do you understand? Because I do. I do feel like I'm not Elizabeth thinking about it. Again, you're like, yeah, why did you write this fucking movie? But, and then, but he's there like, are well, a lot of movies died. like that where I feel like I've heard directors afterwards when they were like, "What was the fucking point of that movie?" They're like, "My dad just died, and I was trying to sort through these emotions, sure. and I, I didn't really know what I was doing at the time." Sure. I mean, yeah. I get that on some level for this movie in yeah. terms of like all the Norwegian stuff, but the stuff with like. The boat is incomprehensible to me. Which it, it's and again in the in a book I could see this because mm. it's all oh, internal for sure, yeah. and right you're cutting you know books but like, like it took like an hour in the movie to figure out why they were cross cutting. I was like, Agreed. what is the point of these I don't two think you ever really figure out why they're. But I also I mean they yeah. <laughs> I think she probably read the book and was like, wow, this Norwegian story is amazing. Oh, fuck, I guess I can make the boat stuff too. Right, and it's like you don't have to. Right. <laughs> It could right. have just she, been a period. That's true. She could yes. have made a movie about because it's based this on true story. True story. Right. This I would mysterious have murder case. Mm-hmm. I did think near the beginning. I was like, "This is like watching a bad episode of like Masterpiece Theater," <laughs> which I'm totally down for. But I only want to watch Masterpiece Theater. I don't want to watch Days of Our Lives. That as was well, the complaint sure. that most critics had. I was going back to reviews at the time, and they were like, "This. Why is this other shit in the movie? Yeah. They, like the real story so, is kind of fascinating." Let me exp- let me explain. Please. Please. We are connoisseurs of context. We are connoisseurs of context. And I just want to explain what the plot of the movie is because no one's going to watch it anyway. And I might as well just lay it out for our listeners. I mean, so do it without looking it, at the Wikipedia. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, here we go. You've got parallel storylines. Uh-huh. The modern day storyline. You've got Catherine Hashtag McCormick. the two storylines. Exactly. Catherine McCormick. Uh, that's her name, right? Or is it she Caroline? Braveheart. It's Catherine. Carol- Catherine. I think it's Catherine McCormick yeah. of Braveheart fame. Not a big actress. Bigger in Britain. In those couple of years after Braveheart, she had some heat. She, yeah. she weirdly, this is one of the last big yeah. things she did. She doesn't like to do movies. I read an interview with her. Oh, what she did she like, Something like this. Yeah, but I wouldn't this, either. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she tread she the just, boards? She, rare, she does a lot of theater. Okay. She oh, just, just rarely tre- does She movies. treads the boards. She treads the boards. It, She's it. a board treader. <laughs> Famed board yeah, treader. Don't worry. She <laughs> plays, She's treading the boards. She's treading the boards. Don't worry about Emma. Oh my God. She plays a photographer <laughs> who is uh, working on a story about this famous 19th century murder case. Because photographers usually I also do have a follow-up. 
yeah, question yeah. about this, which is like, how famous is this murder case? Because number one, I had never heard of it. It's again. quite famous. And number two, the Wikipedia article, as Emma and I were discussing prior to recording, is a stub. Well, is, is shorter than the article on Liz Hurley's dress. Yes. Okay. Well, there's okay. not a lot of information about it. There isn't. But I mean, if you, I think if you go there, whatever, it's a locally famous. <laughs> there's a lot murder. of, okay. Sure. There's a lot of weird websites about it. I right, found right, like while right. looking through the Wikipedia, like the stuff that they reference and I was clicking on it and it's just all like websites that were made 10, 15 years ago. Back when <laughs> the, half the internet so, was like, just people trying to figure out Was it like murders. angel yeah. fire sites? Um, yeah, but, no, but, I mean, how many murders from the 19th century do people talk about today? You know, it's a, it was a famous enough case <laughs> that it is still too. the most famous murder case in like, you know, that area. It was probably, yeah, it probably was the Shrug. biggest murder case in Smutty Nose, right? Yeah, I was going to say, like, you <laughs> mean, like, now just Maine. uninhabited island yeah. uh, off the coast the of Maine. Anyway, so she's a photographer. She's researching this murder for some reason. Right, because just to be clear, she's a photographer who is researching a story <laughs> that happened centuries ago that she would not be able to f- photograph in any no. way. But she's going to photograph the island. Right. Smutty Nose Island. And so she's with her husband, Sean Penn. Who sucks. Who yeah. is a poet of uh, some renown. In my notes, I just wrote Sean Penn weak sauce. Yep. He definitely seems like a twerp. <laughs> she's going on the yacht of Sean Penn's brother, who's played by Josh Lucas. A very charming man. Yeah, he's yeah. a handsome boy. I like him a lot. I like Josh Lucas I like a lot now. now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this is the era where they're, you know, his sweet home Alabama's uh, right around the same happen. time where yeah. they're like, yeah, he's isn't he a handsome, but he's a little bit of a generic brand handsome guy. Sure. Uh, he's Glenn a little Talbot better now, Hulk, but he's gotten a little more like. Third tier antagonist. He's great in that. Exactly. Yeah, he is. He is. And he's part of the best shot in that movie when he uh, yeah. shoots the, yeah. Anyway. A masterpiece, modern masterpiece. Yeah, well, let's do Ang Lee. Um, so his brother, his brother's a yacht. His brother is married to or just dating? dating. dating. Just dating a woman. they didn't even know. They didn't know he was dating anybody. Right. She's yeah. dating a woman played by Elizabeth Hurley who likes to not wear her top mm-hmm. She loves the to yacht. not wear her top. There's something she loves more than not wearing her top, though. Is it ice cubes? Poetry. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's ice cubes. Ice cubes. She loves ice cubes. It's not easier to weigh water that way. Oh, uh, shit. And she loves Sean Penn's poetry and loves really it. wants to talk to him about the poetry. Yes. So oh, there's this God. sort of love rhombus. It's that's bad. like going on on this yacht. I have to admit also at the beginning when um, Catherine's like taking pictures of everyone, I did think it was just going to be like just across the board incest. Like the way that she was like taking pictures of Josh Lucas with his shirt off. I was like, okay, something's she, going down. They're not related. Like staring at um, Elizabeth Hurley. She's not technically related to any of those people, but you are not supposed to. No, there's there are lines being crossed. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, in the other storyline. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, not to spoil, really but good. so. They are, and I'm, I know, and I guess there's also this sort of trauma in the past of Sean Penn and Catherine McCormick. That sure. seems like just Sean Penn. But there are two traumas. One oh, is wait, their, well, there's one mysterious trauma, but there's also the death of their daughter. Yeah. Right. And so that's sort of hanging over them. But didn't they say the daughter recovered? And then I wasn't paying attention clearly. Right, because I there's thought the, that she had, but then the they talk about home. her after that. Like, maybe so was that a different daughter? child? I'm not keeping track. He talks not. about the death or hospitalization of one of their children, and Catherine McCormick doesn't like it. No. I interpret it as that was a near-death experience that Fair she enough. then recovered from. Because they do have okay. a kid they yes, reference being back home. Fair enough. 
Well, then she has the line though. She was like, you know, he killed a girl, right? Well, right. That's, that's different. The car that's the that car was when I that's sat up car in my chair and like, that oh, I should pay attention. Late. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They yeah. dropped that one late. Okay. Ben's looking at his phone. So the 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 eighteen seventy three. I know. No, I love it. I love it. I was just. We I, don't need another person who it's didn't in color. see the movie. I'm giving to color to the listeners. <laughs> Scene painting. Okay, so now here's the slideshow that I brought along. It's in Microsoft PowerPoint. In eighteen seventy three, and I really had to think about who was related to who. I struggle with that. The first half of this movie but just you got, the first half <laughs> you got sarah polly <laughs> she lives on smarty nose island with a bearded man yep they seem to have a fairly loveless marriage oh like but he buys company, her a dog Smarty-nose. named after this island yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what were you saying what'd you say someone said something oh i said uh he buys her a dog though which she does love that's the best scene in the movie mm-hmm. yes unimpeachably Real good dog. yeah yeah the uh, cutest puppy i've seen in a long time and then, who shows up on this island but two sisters, one of whom is Vanessa Shaw. Uh-huh. And Vanessa Shaw is married to Sarah Polly's brother. Yes. And... And the uh, other one is Cartlin Cartwright, right? Sure. Who is Who was... I'm not looking at my computer. Okay, she was one of Mike Lee's big actresses, and she died before this film was released. Oh, that's oh, sad. No. She died in a moment. She was is a very she, good actress. Wait, is she the one who gets the chair to the face? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, she was in uh, Naked and Topsy Turvy. Right, sure. right. She was a really good actress. I'm getting her name wrong. Uh, her name is, yes, Katrin Cartlidge. Fair enough. And this whole situation, we quickly realize, is a problem because Sarah Polly and her brother, uh, they used had- to bone. They uh, used to fuck back yeah. in Norway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were separated for this reason, and Sarah Polly was forced into this loveless marriage. Yeah. Uh, but now that they're back together, it's all boiling up to the surface again. And this leads to a murder, a double murder yeah. that Sarah Polly is the only survivor of that she then fingers Kieran Hins, who's a local bearded creep. Who's been trying to slip the salam to everybody. He's yeah. not being a very helpful. No. Like, you know, if he he's wants to not bad. be accused of murder, he's doing a bad job. <laughs> yes. Uh, but he's constantly going around the town just going like, hi, do you uh, mind if I just uh, put my dick here for a minute? <laughs> Guys, put my dick here for and one so, minute. As we see, because the movie is cu- actually cutting between three storylines in case it wasn't confusing enough. Right. It's kind of cutting between present day, after the murder, and before yep. the murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kieran Hines gets, uh, Hines, I don't know. Hines, Hines, I think Hines. it's Hines. Hines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gets hanged for the crime, yeah. which is what happened. This guy got, mm-hmm. because, but this guy's protests were so vociferous that everyone believed, like who was there, that he didn't do it. And so that's why the murder sort of remained this like folky sure. tale people still believe he that didn't people, do it. right. Yeah. But he was still a shitty guy. Yeah. Well, okay. You're going to yeah, go around hanging have, yeah. all the shitty guys, Mr. Death Penalty? <laughs> I'm just saying, he, he he was no saint, this one. Sure. But that's not what Bigelow's interested in, I think. No. Right? Like, she's interested in these like weird, like, Tense, ambiguous, romantic dynamics about that are forbidden. She's a tension-based filmmaker above all else. And this is more of a psychologically tense movie than she usually does. Usually she has more immediate, visceral, physical threats that are creating the tension mm-hmm. around the characters. And this movie is like an internal headspace relationship tension film, uh, which, which isn't as uh, compelling. Right? So that's the right. That's the part of the movie, and yeah. it kind of builds to a climax, but not really. A storm, right? Oh like God. in the in the past, it builds to the murder, right? Which yeah. is which is climactic. It's that's great. A thing that that is great. Yeah, it that, it's really well done. I mean, Sarah yeah. Polly's pretty good. She's. Amazing. I think she's really fucking good in this movie. She is. When's she bad? Never. Never. <laughs> Never bad. Do you know she hasn't done a movie since 2010? Like what hasn't has acted in doing? a movie. Yeah. What? What has she been doing? 
Well, she directed. Uh, she's directed what's it three called? films. Stories right. to tell. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. And uh, she's working on Alias Grace coming oh, to Hulu this right, fall. Oh right, 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 right. Okay, that was interesting. The one that yeah. I was thinking of. As a director, a writer. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure if she's directing it. She did take the, this. She like created it too, which is a really. Interesting movie to me. What's an interesting movie? Take This Waltz. Have you ever seen movie. Take This Waltz? Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah. seen all her movies. Yeah. We met <laughs> seeing Stories, Stories We, we tell. tell. Do you know Aww. that? We That's how David and I became friends. Angelica watching Stories We Tell. The first movie that Emma and I ever saw together was Trolls. DreamWorks Trolls. God. Dreamworks. Which I own on Blu-ray. We got it for David for his birthday. <laughs> Shout out to Richard Lawson. Have you watched Past it? and Future Cast. No, we have no. to watch it together. No. David. Yeah, well, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for everyone yeah. to be able to see it with me. The four yeah. friends are all going to watch Trolls. We are going to watch right. Trolls. And Ben can come too. Uh, ben can come too. I'm sure He's he will want to. No, I'm down for Trolls. Um, <laughs> but Excellent. Her three movies are uh, Away From Her, Take This Waltz, and Stories We Tell. And sure. I think they're all great movies. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Take This Waltz is a challenging movie. Mm-hmm. I would say, not in terms of like the content is hard to watch or anything, but like, I feel like, you know, it's 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 hard to know who to root for. It's like subtle, it's like interior, I, I it's like really good. It. My my only uh issue with Take This Waltz, I don't like Luke Kirby. Uh yeah, he's, he's he drives he's me a little crazy. Whatever. I read that script before it came out and was like, This is fucking incredible. This is one of the best scripts I've ever read. And then the movie I end up feeling a little underwhelmed by just because of that performance. You know what else is underwhelming is this movie. Agreed. <laughs> the weight of water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's underwhelming. <laughs> but, but Sarah Polly, I mean, after she had made, everyone kept on saying like, yeah, she really wants to direct. She really wants to direct. Like directors who had worked with her said like, I don't think she likes acting that much. Oh, sure. And then after she made Away From Her, it was mm-hmm. like, this is all she's going to do. But it felt like, great, cool, as long as you keep making stuff, which I understand right. it's not her choice. The realities of the industry are fucking tough. Well, to she's get got stuff this made. TV show coming, which she created. So that's, yes, you know, yeah. that's something to look forward to. It's just to. a bummer where it's like, yeah, I want to live rules. in a world where either we're constantly getting Sarah Polly performances or we're semi-regularly getting Sarah Polly projects. Mm-hmm. And the space between the movies that she's making is frustrating just as a fan of her work when she's also not acting, mm-hmm. which if she doesn't want to act, by all means, don't act. Uh, but watching this, I was like, oh, fuck, she is she's so good this. and does... I think there hasn't been anyone to replace Sarah Pauly in terms of what she was specifically capable of doing. It's mm. quite a hot pick. Right? I don't know. It's I, a, I, don't, I, can't, I can't answer that question. I, I think she... I'd have to think of all actresses and then <laughs> boil it down to what Sarah Pauly was specifically doing. I think she she has a certain like quiet expressiveness. Yeah. A very kind of internalized... Great eyes. Right. Big super eyes. vulnerable big even eyes. in this movie where she, she as the been film big eyes. she should have been, been big eyes as the painting Tim Burton's big eyes Tim Burton's Very big middle eyes. of the road movie uh, a classic uh, but as the movie goes on when you're starting to realize like uh, how much uh, right uh, I feel like the movie distorts her innate uh, sympathetic empathetic vulnerable qualities uh-huh. in a way that makes you realize how powerful those qualities are. Okay. Like, I don't know if there's another actress alive today where when they come on screen, I feel that invested in and worried about their well-being mm-hmm. as you do when you're watching a Sarah Polly movie. Because mm-hmm. she just seems so sad all the time. Mm-hmm. She's got a sad face. She yeah. reminded me a lot of, and I actually, I watched this recently, so it's probably why it reminded me a lot of it. But um, I thought, I kept thinking of Sissy Spacek and Carrie. Sure. That same sort of Look Highly of a person, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you want her so to be delicate. okay, yeah. yeah. You just like, please come 
I want to give you a sweater and like right. And both of them like <laughs> yeah, give her a sweater. <laughs> Carrie really would have if Piper Laurie had just given her a fucking sweater. She just needed yeah. a sweater. Yeah, she just needs a sweater. But there's that and m- adequate feminine hygiene like sure. explanations. Uh, but uh, both very pale actors. Yes, yeah. there's mm-hmm. that moment in this movie after she has <laughs> spoiler slept with Vanessa Shaw. Uh, sure. Where it's, literally though, right. not like right. She yeah. she she tries a uh, little. Oh, there's there's, there's uh, some stuff. There's some massaging. They get a little. That was right, a theme of, in this the movie. Back. The the massaging. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that because it's so intricately linked both storylines. <laughs> yeah. Where she's like, get backs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh huh. Sorry, carry on. There's that moment they stay on like a sideways close up of her face, yeah, lying in the bed that oh, starts yes. yeah. with, horizontal, right? Vanessa Shaw massaging Besides her, and then yeah. continues as Vanessa Shaw walks away, and she's talking her off in the distance, and like Sir Polly barely moves her face, yeah, yeah, and speaks volumes. Like yeah. you're staying on her face for like a minute and a half, two minutes. And you could like zoom in and barely notice muscles. Like it's on the poster. Yeah, it's on yeah. the poster. Oh, for real? Yeah, the poster is. Oh, the wow. poster's terrible. Doing though. That. You're not gonna. Sean Penn just face, <laughs> and then Hurley applying suntan lotion. Right, it looks, in a bikini. It, it looks like this a, is a complete a misrepresentation. Of this movie. It looks yeah. like it looks like, like a sexy beach movie. Like that yes. does not look anything like the movie actually. Wasn't is. there the, another the poster? Sort of that the color is like all bronze. Recently, yeah. Like it's got this sort of sunny. Uh, but it sure. looks like the publicity ca- uh, company saw this movie and was like. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> What do we do? It's also, it's a very early 2000s poster where it's like For a sure. lot of boxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. remember that? We love Collages. to put everything in boxes. Yeah. Borders that overlap. Like the same picture, but there's a border in yeah. the middle, middle of it. I'm, uh, I'm exaggeratedly raising my hands up in the air. Can I tell you what my listener. relationship was to this movie before Please. watching it for this episode? Uh-huh. Well, you'd wade water like we all have. Every day. Time. Oh, Every day. Yeah. Right. What is the weight recently of recently graduated right. to ice cubes. Yes. Uh, the problem was I didn't, I didn't use cups. So I just kept on pouring water on top of a scale. And just to be clear, one liter of water weighs about 2.2 pounds. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Is that the, the missing piece of the puzzle that we need to figure out this movie? She could have mentioned All right, so now that we know that. <laughs> All right, what does this mean? Uh, I remember going to see a uh, one-hour photo with my father when it came out, the Mark Romanic picture, which sure. we've talked about being totally fine. Okay. Right? That's a movie about a guy who's a creep. Yes. <laughs> Subtle. So that's like a weird, uncomfortable, like cold movie, yeah, right? Yeah, where it's like, what if a guy was a real creeper? Right. And I was... <laughs> And then at the end, it turned out he was a creepo, which you already knew. (laughs) Sorry, carry on. I was 13. Yeah. I desperately want to see this Mark Romanic thriller. Well, you were probably like hyped for like serious Robin Williams and like into the Oscar implications of it because that's why I saw that thing. And then also just like I was like 13, I can see grown up movies as long as my dad takes me. (laughs) Yes. I like movies that are about creepy things right <laughs> uh-huh. so I remember seeing that which is like not a movie that should appeal to children unless you're no. a young Oscar handicapper right exactly and even so like sitting at the Union Square Theater opening night to see one hour photo and being <laughs> hyped night. when when the weight of water trailer came on I was like oh that looks like some grown up shit oh yeah. my like, I remember just having this feeling of like that looks like 
that's one step beyond what I, as a 13-year-old, am interested I feel in seeing. Like you're not far off the mark, though, because, like, watching this movie, I was like, this is, now that I think about it, I'm like, this is what, as a 13-year-old, I've been like, this is what adult movies are like. Right. Like, if I, I, this is the kind of movie I remember, like, going into my mom's room, and she'd be watching something that looked like this <laughs> yeah. on a VHS, and I'd be like, what's this? And she'd be like, it's a movie, this director, she was pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like it's yeah. all about these human relationships right. that like they're like past traumas and angst. Because there were times when I yes. was like eight or nine where That's my what mom it's all about. would yeah, be like, well, not well in said. a good way. No. <laughs> there were those times where I'd be like eight or nine, my mom would have rented a video from like Couch Potato across the street. And it would be like an Oscar movie that I had heard of that I wanted to watch. I'm like, oh, LA Confidential. That one looks yeah. cool. And yeah. she'd be like, you sure. can't watch this. It's rated R. <laughs> right. And then and I'd try to sneak in. And sometimes I'd walk in and it'd be something that looked like Weight of Water. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go back to watching Rugrats. <laughs> like, I don't need to punch a lo- above my intellectual weight class. This looks like some boring grown-up shit. You know that Mulaney joke about his dad getting one cup of black coffee yes. at McDonald's? Yes. That's what this, this movie is, one black coffee. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing for children here. That having been said, I think I like this movie a little more than the three of you. No, really? I, I'm not actually. This is like a solid... Two star movie. I, I mean, two and a half. Maybe like, two and a half. I watched it. I was like, I think this is fine. I mean, it's clearly made by like a skilled craftsman. You know, no, but it's, build, it's, woman. it's building to something. And then it does. It's like I okay. built to it. What do you think? Yeah, and I was kind of like, I see, I give it two stars as well. But the thing to note, the, the context here okay. is that I'm Rub a that context who, against the mic just so we can hear it. Oh, I can hear it barely. OK, uh, the context here is that. I'm a person who tends to rate in fours and fives. I like to like movies. Sure. I'm very generous with yeah. that. So this is a Karen so to too. Me- yeah, this is a Karen wow. too. You gotta weigh that down. Wow. Uh, let me read Emma, your review on Letterboxd. <laughs> have you seen her review? I have not. Everyone should follow me on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Now, Emma, you don't give star ratings. I, I don't. I used to, but I just, I, it's, it's too a lot much of pressure. work. Yeah, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> it's better that way. because it's a nihilist. Cool. Yeah. David Sims owes me two ninety nine. Oh, me review. as well. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. be submitting wow. my invoice to you at the um, end of this episode. I bought this movie on iTunes I just because it was it. so cheap to buy it. It's like six dollars. Yeah. Like because like they were just like fuck it, who cares? Support film. <laughs> so I was like, for an extra two dollars versus renting and buying, I'll, I'll buy it. Is it. An so now I own dollars because you pointed out on your uh, Twitter that it is eight ninety nine. Is it eight ninety? No, I think it was less than that. Okay, I can't remember how much I spent. I, I spent less than ten dollars. A fistful of dollars, David. Buying, I spent a fistful of dollars buying this movie. Call me the man with no name. My mom <laughs> used to be on my Amazon account in terms of like streaming. It used to be linked to my account, but she oh. didn't understand the difference between renting and buying. Oh, so I would get these emails that I had just purchased the other woman. Great, <laughs> and I'm sure. like proud of the curation of my movie collections. <laughs> Like both my physical media, but also if I sure, go onto sure. my digital, my cloud, and I go like, these are all movies I like. And then every time I scroll through, I'm like, fuck, I own the, the other, other woman, woman and Deadpool. <laughs> Deadpool? Like on opposite ends yeah. of the spectrum. Uh, that's no good. But uh, the other woman, who cares? Who cares? Uh, so I thought what? Deadpool was funny. What? I laughed. I had a great time. I thought time. Deadpool was good. I thought it was funny. I think Deadpool's I fine. I just, I wouldn't own it. No. I wouldn't own it. I had laughed in the theater. I, I sat there and I went, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Congrats yeah, on doing that. I know I you like when they played like uh, "Angel of the Morning." Great song. Sure. I mean, okay. Sh- I mean, Again, you, just call me Angel. The- this. Is- 
<laughs> like, yeah, yeah. She knows what she likes. I was talking to her again. I was talking to Emma before this podcast, and I was like, I feel like I have like a handful of ways just to piss David off throughout. Because, like, it's not <laughs> like a movie has never played Angel of the Morning before. No, it's not. But I'm saying right. like that is a way to get me on board with a movie. I think the first Charlie's Angels, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Great gig. Uh, yeah. Great bit. Yeah. I, I don't even know if you're doing a bit. <laughs> I'm not. I think. I think in the Tom Green Chad scene, they just call me Charlie's Angels. Considering that it was directed by McGee and features Tom Green and Matt LeBlanc as two of the three boyfriends, yeah. has aged interestingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is a movie that really feels frozen in time. See, here was my shift between the first Kingsman and the second Kingsman. Oh my god! All right, go. The for first it. Kingsman, I was like, is Matthew Vaughn? Verhoeven and the second Kingsman I was like is Matthew Vaughn McGee yeah the, the action the, right do you know what I'm saying though? yeah my, the action in Kingsman 2 is really bad and it's just him doing the same trick he did in Kingsman 1 that like the fake long shot yeah, where sure. his camera's doing all these sort of CGI Which like I swivels find entertaining yeah it's entertaining think, when you see uh-huh. it once sure no, I agree with Griff I think it's entertaining that's my bottom line <laughs> There I think go. it's sloppier in its execution yeah, in the second sure. one, and they overdo it, much like they overdo everything. Mm-hmm. You know what? I felt like I needed six more instances of Elton John turning oh to the camera God. and literally going like, hmm? <laughs> I, I will admit, I clapped in delight every oh time God. he showed up. So many times. Like oh. twice within one fight scene. I oh, yeah. did not enjoy Elton John's cameo. I do know you hated extended it. Extended cameo in, and I love Elton John. Yeah. Great. Uh, as a musician. I, oh, no, that's my fourth thing that I liked about Kingsman is that Elton John does a fly kick. That's all I need out of the movie. No, you see, well, I'm I gotta just, see this now. Yeah, we're yeah, going I, I, right after this. If Elton John did a fly kick in Weight of Water, would you give it five? <laughs> yes, I would. I absolutely would. I mean, that would be an interesting move. If Elton he, John showed up playing the saxophone. If he, <laughs> what if that was the way they linked the two seconds at the end of the movie? Was they realized the entire movie was the fantasy of Elton John playing the saxophone and imagining two oh stories God. that would be soundtracked well by that music? Five stars liked on Letterboxd. Oh my God. It is weird that like the soundtrack and, and some of the imagery makes this movie feel very like Red Shoe Diaries. Mm. Where I kept on feeling this movie was like going to explode in like torrid sexuality. That's very generous. Because again, my point of reference was just masterpiece theater. Sure. But, but there, like not a good There's episode. a weird seedy thing. Maybe it is mostly just the music. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, there's a back rub and an ice yeah, I, was, I was expecting a lot of weird sexy stuff from this. Right. And there was did not the deliver like the movie was ready to yeah. come out with the weird sexy stuff. <laughs> yeah. My first note when I started watching this was like, this movie's about swingers. Which turned out to not be true at all. No. It's about people who think maybe one day they'll swing. Consider. But no, I don't think so. I really yeah. thought everyone was going to fuck. Well, on the yacht. <laughs> Just all at the same time. On the yacht, it definitely, and it would connect the two timelines because then, like in the yeah, past, it'd be like would a be, sensate orgy scene where it would be like just yeah, boning and down. they would just oh, and they it, would do it in exactly the same place because they, they went bridged to the, the timeline. Yeah. Like if the yacht came to like a time tunnel and like somehow so they cool. crashed yes. on Smutty Nose Island yes. and then they oh, all had so sex. Cool. Okay, yeah, here's my be pitch. An interesting move. Here's my pitch: <laughs> the the two quartets fuck at the same time. Yes, they're cross cutting. Then suddenly the images start oh flickering. God. Like Hannibal sex scene style? Sure. And it turns out they're like freaky Fridaying each oh other. 
It's but, like the Jetsons meet but, the Flintstones I mean, and they go but, back, they that's switch not places. what this movie's about. You see, this no, movie's is saying, not a sex thriller. I'm saying, what if it was? <laughs> it's decidedly not what a sex thriller. What if it was thriller. a time-traveling sex thriller that became a fish-out-of-water comedy? Oh uh, what God. are we doing on this boat? What are we doing in Smutty Nose? And Liz uh, Hurley is in Kieran Hines' body. <laughs> and they're all <laughs> the flip-flopped. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is not that movie. <laughs> this is a movie where, like, I mean, the crucial final thing is that Catherine McCormick, mm-hmm. who has been sort of quietly jealous of Elizabeth Hurley, mm-hmm. sure. during this big storm, decides to not warn her that the sailboat's, like, going to swing around. Did she come above uh, the cabin because she was seasick? Why did she come up? Why did Liz Hurley come up? Yes, because she's seasick. She's going to barf. Why wouldn't you just throw up in the boat if the storm is like this? Don't want to get the boat dirty. There's like so much shit that you could barf into (laughs) and take care of it later. No, she comes out to throw up over the side of the boat. Catherine McCormack comes out to rescue her, I guess. No, she was steering the boat. She's steering the boat. And then and she just sort of quietly lets her get knocked over seat. Yeah. Uh Overboard. Oh, no. It's this like sort of uh, murder by omission, right? Like yeah. she, like that's like what Catherine Bigelow is trying to build to this tricky Ugh. like uh, thing that she's sort of Which doesn't I, do, but in doing it does do something. I thought that was going to happen with Penn because she has such open contempt for Penn the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. well, he's a shithead. Depicted as being yeah. such a shithead. I actually kind of like Penn in this movie because I think it's one of the only movies to fully make use of everything that's grody about Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Usually movies ask us to like Sean Penn, even in Mystic River where he's playing like, you know, like a violent, like sociopathic, like criminal. Yeah. You're still like, but but he's going through a lot. so cool, yeah. And this movie from top to bottom is like, fuck this guy. Yeah. So I was like all for Sean Penn falling over the side of the boat. Well, but then he does. Yeah. I mean, right? That's the idea. It's like she tries to balance the universe in one way and the universe is, sort of balances back at her and because he goes in to rescue Liz Hurley and then he drowns. I think sure. what we're saying is we mm-hmm. could have just cut out the middleman here. That's like what you're I'm saying, saying just like knock him over with yeah. the sail. Because you want but, him. But she wants to make this intimate drama about like, you know, like uh, emotional betrayal or whatever. But it's also, it's a drama about, and I have no larger point here, but sure. I just think it needs to be called out about women mm murdering other women or at least attempting to. Sure, right. Because this is cross-cutting with Sarah Polly killing someone with a chair. Right. And then killing the next person with an axe. And men ultimately paying the price. And then she like sits down and has dinner. Murder. Right. Right. What do they have for dinner? Uh, What does she eat? Or does she just drink tea? I think she just drank the tea or at least I was not paying attention for any food. Mm. In the actual murder, um, there was a meal prepared that Wagner, the guy who did it, ate. He ate the meal? He did, yeah. It was like set out on the table for the husbands to like come home and eat it. And he just sort of took a little bit of it with him and left. I feel like he might have done it. IRL. <laughs> um, but uh, wait, I had this whole. Well, this is the only movie she's made about marriage. I did kind of wonder halfway through if this was like going to turn out to be. And I hesitate to use this word, but like a feminist drama, because mm-hmm. like the whole point of Sarah Pauli's drama is like she's experiencing this extreme stress at home. Sure. She's been backed into, except she's, except it's incest. So you're not, it's not well, like. it's not just that. I though, know, like it's she, not just that. Yeah. It's not just that. Because the first chunk of the movie before the brother arrives and you start to get those notes, it's just, this is a shitty marriage. It's kind and of her husband, husband keeps being like, uh, we're going to have some more people staying over. And it's like, no. One of the saddest sex like, scenes I've ever <laughs> seen in a film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But. 
Big Big Bigelow, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has only been married the one time. Is that correct? The one time? Am I correct uh, on this? Let me see. I don't want to. According to Wikipedia. Yes. Which was a pretty short marriage. Uh, Like a couple years. She has been in a very long term relationship that she does not uh, talk about. She was for also a very, for a very long time dating Mark Bowl for a while. That was a thing. I, I think, mean, I think that's so that's been rumored. I, don't I know. think I felt like they publicly acknowledged that and they are no longer dating anymore. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe. I just think, I mean, not to overread into it, but I think it is kind of... We're in the dating segment of the show now. We do 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 that a lot. (laughs) I do think there's something to the fact that she only had one short-lived marriage and has been in relationships since then, but doesn't seem to be interested in getting married again, and this movie presents marriage as being a bomber. That's right. That's what I was getting at. This (laughs) is a movie about marriage that's like marriage is an emotional cage. Right. uh, (laughs) That uh, leads to death. Yeah, and despair. no one else is having a good time either, though. Uh, well, I think Josh Lucas and Liz Hurley were having an okay time on their yacht until these before these bummer married, married showed, showed okay. up. They infected them with married bums. Uh, I pushed my mic. I think Vanessa <laughs> Shaw is happy to be married to um, the boy. Oh, she's having a great time. Yeah, yeah. she's having an okay good. time. Well, she's pretty free spirited. Like yeah, they are both cute. They're both very cute. He is uh, less cute once you find out that he. Uh, was involved in some incest, though. Yeah, yeah, a definitely. little bit less cute. <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, this it's is a not a cute a, movie. It's a bit of a red flag for me. This no. movie's not going for cute. No, it's not charming. This movie is so fucking hard to explain. I watched it with Joanna. She like weirdly paid attention. She was like Humble baking break. during the like. What did she like, bake? Cookies. Oh, uh, what kind of cookies? Yeah, chocolate chip. <laughs> oh. and so you didn't bring like, any for us. No, they are in mm. my home. I had two this morning. Nuts or no? No nuts. Well done. Nutless. So she was sort of in and out, but she watched like 70% of this movie. And then at the end, you got your credits rolling and uh, we were just like, that was weird. <laughs> like, I mean, it's sort of a, it's sort of, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away. The movie also doesn't really end. It's just like a bunch of things happen and then credits roll. Uh, correct. Yeah. I don't, yes. I don't want any more from it though. No, for sure. No, this movie took five hours out of my, my life. Oh God. Like, Thanks for five being over. hours. How dare you? It is 113 minutes. No, long. it's five hours long. It's not short. <laughs> I'll tell you what movie took five hours out of my fucking life is Kingsman, the golden circle. I, I will say despite sitting there pleasantly entertained enough, if not, you know, morally distraught, uh, I, I did sit there and go, this feels like it's five hours long. For which movie? For Kingsman yeah. 2. Isn't it two hours and 20 minutes? Yeah. It's is two, it 220? It's 220. You could have told me that movie was three hours, I would have believed it's you. It felt like long. binging it's a an entire season. breezy two and a half hours. Feels like one hour of my life went by. It was great. Felt very long. <laughs> Karen's <laughs> definitely team Kingsman in the Golden Circle. You, you guys hear how long She's established Blade herself. Is, right? Uh, like three hours. It's like two hours, 45. Yeah, 250. I think I might just not do it. Have yep. you... Really? I hear it's good. Have you heard how long... I've heard the opposite. From who? I'm not telling you. Ryan Gosling. Have you heard... My personal friend, Ryan. Have you heard how long Daddy's Home 2 is? No. How long is it? Four hours and 56 minutes. No. Yeah, we're doing it. Bellatar directed it. You don't know this? <laughs> Bellatar's Daddy's Home 2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Daddy's Home 2 is the decalogue of... I don't have any real desire to see that movie, but every time I watch the trailer, what, Daddy's and- Home Two. <laughs> yeah. That movie looks like a nightmare. Let's talk about Daddy's Home Two. <laughs> oh, okay, but every time God. I watch the, the reveal trailer, of John Lithgow is the most successful the piece of every comedy. Every time I see him coming down the escalator to level keep us together, I'm like, I'm gonna watch that it. That bit is so well said. I went back and watched Daddy's Home One because of how well they land that joke in the trailer. For how did it hold up? The first one's solid. I've okay. said this on the podcast. I'll say it again. First one is 
totally solid character-based comedy. All right, I have to speak about this. I have to Daddy's speak on too? the record. Because okay. I did not see Daddy's Home because I didn't want to, right? <laughs> right. Despite, then, despite the fact that Sofia Coppola says one of the best movies of the 21st century. Right. Then she said that, and then on our Memento episode, Amy Nicholson, Amy Nicholson stands for the movie because she likes John Cena. Right. And you said what you just said, <laughs> which solid. is it's solid. I put that shit on. 15 minutes in, I was dying. That movie sucks. <laughs> not true. So Not true. It's solid. I hate movies. One, I hate movies. That, <laughs> Stop there. I hate movies now. I hate movies. One, that spend the first half hour setting up a premise that it takes one minute to get. Where you gotta live like, with those 25 characters. minutes in they're like so you know the thing about it is like Will Ferrell's kind of a stick in the mud and Mark Wahlberg's kind of a bad boy and I'm like yeah yeah no no I get it David you gotta live with these characters <laughs> yeah. to really get them in your bones number two you gotta I, emotionally invest in them mm-hmm. I really usually just don't like the Will Ferrell plays the straight arrow thing you oh. love oh. Talladega Nights Talladega Nights is amazing yeah you like I was gonna say like Ferrell. that is the Ferrell that yes, you're looking for yes that's a good call but like I'm trying because I think there is one Feral movie. Other where guys, he, yeah, but that's Keaton. But the whole point of Other Guys is that that character is a psycho, crazy. right? <laughs> which is which I love. See, I like Straight Man Will Ferrell. I don't like Straight Man Will Ferrell because, like, think name me some Straight Man Will Ferrell movies. Stranger Than Fiction. That movie rules. Uh, I'm not because the best Stranger Than Fiction. Other guys, I do. I, I mean, movie. yes, it is true that he is that movie. technically a psycho <laughs> in the other guys. But in yeah, terms the bit of, where he goes America. Like the whole point of that movie is that Mark Wahlberg is secretly the straight man, right? Because the scene where they have dinner with Eva Mendes yeah. is the one where Mark Wahlberg realizes, like, oh wait a second, this guy is not what he appears. He's out of his mind. <laughs> sure. And, and his I'm whole, the one who's trying to point this out, and no one will. Acknowledge his whole backstory it. and all right. of that. Uh, now I'm trying to think what other feral straight man movies are I mean I just felt like on SNL he was one of the best straight men they ever had that's true that yeah. was the key well, to his versatility right. I mean, was like, that you mean, yeah. like Will Ferrell as um, Alex Trebek oh my is God. like one of the great straight men <laughs> right that's history. very true yeah. but a whole movie but I hate it when he's cheerful Cheerful straight like man, you know because like Trebek is kind of this sort of buttoned up like kind right, of he's a bottled. raging yeah. straight man yeah because uh, you know we don't give SNL enough credit for. Uh, go ahead. Uh, keeping the mustache on Trebek even after, after real life. Yes, yes, that was. I it. agree. Because they just the doubled mustache down, is crucial. Yes. Crucial. They doubled down on like this is its own character. Like yeah. this has so little correlation it's to the real Alex anymore, Trebek yeah. at this point. Uh, yeah, straight man Will Ferrell. Anyway, it's a good argument to have. Yeah, I like but, it. Um, I'm really not interested in Daddy's Home too. When Linda Cardellini calls. She should call him a snowflake or a cuck. I can't snowflake. remember. <sighs> yeah, it's bad. She should have such a good career. Yeah, she what doesn't. F- <laughs> happened? I don't know. You know what happened? Ten she years broke on up ER. With Jason Siegel. Oh. No, that is not why. I know, I know, I know. That's that's the dirty. We're uh, about to date talk now. I do yeah. think that ER. So yeah, that. ER kind of handcuffs an, an, any actor. And it was kind of like yeah. a pit. Like she like spent like ten seasons on making it. It wasn't ten. Amount of She's money. on it for like six. But like she had a. Uh, a rough character too. Her character was like the character who was always, there was always like bad boyfriends and mm. like, uh, it was, sure. she was quote unquote kind of a little trashy and it was like <laughs> really bad. I think she's done some good work. She's since good then. on I mean, She ER, was great on Mad Men. Yeah. yeah. I think she's the best part of Avengers too. Uh, the extent I wish the rest of the movie was about bar. her when she entered. Right. James Spader is the best part of Avengers 2. Linda Carlin is the best part of Avengers 2. She's, Andy Serkis I, is the best part of Avengers 2. Okay. Thanks, no. guys. <laughs> no, he is surprising not. opinion. Here we go again. Of all oh, time. God. Uh, what a KB. Oh, yeah. She's great in uh, Brokeback. Let me ask mm-hmm. you a question. Sure. 
is Jeremy Renner a KB or does he cross the threshold into being too much of a movie star? Because he feels like a tweener to me. He is a bit he's of a, a tweener. He's, he's back and forth. I loved him in American Hustle, but I haven't sure. felt like anything has measured up to how much I loved him in that movie. Because like Born Legacy is probably a total turnoff for you. Yeah, it's bad. But then you see him in like American Hustle and you're yeah. going like. That Pompadour really did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> He smells like a KB in there. His the is the best performance in American Hustle. He's great. Yeah, I agree with that. He needs to do more. Like he, I Basically, if you dress any actor up to look like they're doing a character actor bit, I will love it. Like, guarantee. Emma Stefanski. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Jeremy Renner? I just I love, wanted to I give Emma him. the floor for a second. Oh, I think he's great. I think he's, um, I think he's very talented. I think he's very funny. He's very funny in a very um, subdued uh, way, which I like a lot. In- I agree. Mission, mm-hmm. Impossible. Mission Impossible. Agreed. I knew you were going to say it. Yep. But I'll say this. I He's think funny in those movies, and I'm worried really about him not being in sex. I yeah. agree. Yeah, Because who they replaced him with? Cavill? Yes. Yep. No, no. Uh, yeah, but that mustache. Stash Cavill. That stash. That stash stuff. <laughs> Never gets it. My thing Love with Jeremy it. Renner, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He is one of our finest character actors. No, I, I we, we agree on this. He yeah. almost always is misutilized as yeah. a leading man yeah, he except suffers. for the one film we're going to talk about in this miniseries where he's incredible she's so good yeah right. he's terrific but everyone went after that oh I guess he's a leading people actor people misread that yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah how you doing Ben I'm good yeah <laughs> water water it's heavy I like water normally but I like wet stuff. I like wet movies. It's a wet movie. But <laughs> this, this is big a big storm. But the the credits is... all take place underwater and you still fell asleep. Yeah, no. <laughs> to be fair, the credits are sleepy. So sleepy. <laughs> You're a big snoozer. The I don't credits... think I paid attention to the credits. Is it just like water? It feels yeah. like an Enya music Shimmering video. Water. It's like artifacts That's underneath exactly the water. That's exactly what it is. Right? Yeah. And then they just bring up some like Isle of Shoal articles. Like under like. Yeah. It's like watching a PowerPoint presentation. I went and yeah. like made myself dinner while the credits yeah. were going. Yeah. Hey, what about that dumb thing in this movie where they like sometimes freeze frame in the middle of a scene? Oh, oh God, yeah. that was and awful. And you think your player's just freezing up, but it turns yeah. out to be a deliberate choice. And then she has that later line where she says, I remember when we met, you said we're both just trying to figure yeah. out how to stop time. Yeah, but the, they like stop freezing stuff. They freeze stuff at like the they do first it, like, 10 minutes three and times. Never again. Yeah, and then they never do it again. Do they make the noise like it's a photograph? Like, no. They didn't, and that's what stops. I thought it was going to do. Because she's a photographer, right. so yeah. it would make sense. She also the 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 weird like negative shot she does when she cuts <laughs> to the murder sure. of the house where it's like you know mm-hmm. uh, that's weird too. Yeah, I agree. She makes some odd camera the stuff. Um, and I'm just remembering this now because I totally forgot about it until now. But the stuff I think like the actual murder part that isn't at the end, like the stuff that you see before. Yes, I think, right, right, early on too. When yeah. it's like they're when they're going through the whole like oh he did it blah 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 and that. The stuff, the way that that stuff is shot is actually really interesting. I liked those bits. It was I, I, very like I mean, a Murnau movie. She's a good director. She's a decent director. I think the murder scenes are pretty effective. Yeah. I agree. And and I also feel like even in some of those boat scenes that are very uninterestingly written, <laughs> you know, functionally acted, yeah, uninteresting in terms of the dramatics of what's actually happening. I do think, and it's that thing that's like a test of a good filmmaker is like how well you can shoot a dialogue scene mm-hmm. yeah. that is innately uncinematic. And you look at how she balances like uh, the the degree of, she's really good at holding back on close-ups unless she actually needs them to make a point. And there's the scene where she tells Elizabeth Hurley about Sean Penn's car accident. Mm-hmm. And she goes in really, really tight on McCormick's yeah. face. Right. Like cutting off that's a, good, a large that's section a of her face. Scene. The only problem with scene, yeah. it 
is that you don't really know what the fuck Sean Penn's talking about. You okay. just know that it's bad. You like Agreed. you know that it's affecting her. Right. And she plays that very well. But I, but I just think that scene is very well directed. It just yes. feels mm-hmm. like a half of the movie that doesn't need to be part of the story. <laughs> and what you saying about like how interesting the murder scenes are, it makes you wish that she just made that movie. Yeah. That she had read this book. I think it's oh, like wow. the first point that we came around right. to that was like it should have just been the right. Norwegian stuff. Period. You so. just imagine her mom dies, she reads this book, she connects to the Norwegian thing, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe she connects to the present day stuff in terms of having a shitty husband. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. Right, right. Um but that a she should be artistic husband. Right. Oh, this book introduced me to this real life story. Yeah. Now I'm gonna do more research into this story. Yeah, just do this Smutty Nose murder. Right, because it felt like that could have been a. You pretty could solid. call it Smutty Nose. Why it's called Smutty Nose Island? Because when the when they came over there, one of the guys in the boat was like, "It looks like the dirty nose of a sea creature." Because it's That's, got seaweed. It's uh, all the dried right? black seaweed on it. That's also, that why. nose likes to fuck. <laughs> oh God. Because it's smutty. Is it's that a your porno joke? obsessed nose. Um, <laughs> this is what it's like working with Griffin Newman. Yeah, oh, she yeah. knows. She works with Karen. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> she gets it. You don't have to explain. Yeah, it's like, there is the parallel dynamic. It's like, not an as-if situation. <laughs> I'm living in this. Yeah. Every on. day. Karen, high five. We rule. You know, I, I'm just learning, too, that uh, he escaped from jail after they got uh-huh. him. Like twice. Right? Yeah, twice. Yeah, so like you could have a whole subplot about him escaping from jail. Yeah. Or, sure. Because there's a whole crucial thing where Sarah Polly at the end confesses and she's like, he didn't do it. Yeah. And they're just like, well, uh, you were hysterical and we already <laughs> killed him. So let's just close the book on this. You know, like they, they, they don't. It, and it's sort of a weird anticlimactic ending. Yeah. I do think there's uh, th- this thing where like, I feel like Catherine Bigelow like works in, in duologies. Like every two movies of hers mm. kind of feel connected to each other. Where, like, we talked uh-huh. about how, like, Loveless and Near Dark are very similar. Sure. They're movies about subcultures, right? And sort of, like, anthropological studies of how they exist. Yes. and Blue Steel and Point Breaker definitely. Are very much, like, the stylish, like, thriller element. And they're both films very focused on the genders of their characters sure. and those dynamics of them existing in the world. Strange Days is kind of the outlier because that feels like the one chance she got to make exactly the movie she wanted to make with a big budget, mm. right? And that didn't work. And then, like, K-19 and Weight of Water are her, like, boring diptych. They're, like— Boring water movies. Right. They're the two movies that feel like her being, like, how do I make a grown-up movie? Like, what's my, like, if I move away from genre, you know? And then, uh, you know, and and then I think Zerdark 30 and uh, Herlock are very much of a piece. And I think Detroit fails because it— misidentifies the things that worked about well, Zero Dark Detroit Thirty Detroit is locker. like the rattle and hum where it's right. like she's like let's do a third one a third Mark Ball script a third mm-hmm. recreation of a historical mm-hmm. event right. a third sort of like you know amoral you know very sure. very intense detailed recreation of something and people are like no 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 you don't get to say you you know you're taking back Helter Skelter but also the <laughs> biggest difference movie. is that like Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty are both character pieces and Detroit is not. Uh, right. Well, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. For sure. For sure. We'll get to that. The Weight of Water was released at the 2000 Toronto Film Festival. Right. Uh, Didn't come out until two years later. It gets eventually picked up by Lionsgate and released two years later. It does the, it's released in Italy in 2001. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Italians it's love you, the smutty nose murders. I, they, they love it. Oh, somebody knows. <laughs> They're all just fascinated with Maine culture. Yeah. Um, Very similar. Okay, so oh, yeah. Italy the, it's U.S. debut. I just want to make 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 clear. Is yeah. it the Maine International Film Festival? 
in oh, 2001. Boy. Wow. Uh, but yes, it finally comes out USA November 1st, 2002 after it premiered on video in Serbia. Hey. Wow. Um, what was the thing I was going to say? Okay, so Books Office Game 2002. Office. It would I mean, guess the hours was probably pretty high on the charts, right? Wait, what are you trying to get ahead of the game? I'm trying to guess the Books <laughs> Office. Oh, Books, I hate you. Exhausted. Go to Books Office <laughs> Mojo. <laughs> My least favorite person. Um, no, I like you. Books Office, uh, Mojo. Books Office Mojo. This movie, I just want to tell you, in total, okay. grossed $109,000. Not a great oh. amount of money. Not a lot. It's about, uh, what, one, 160th of its budget or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. not covering, one might sure. say. It uh, was released in 27 theaters mm. on November 1st. It was out of theaters three weeks later. Wait, wait, wait. So, uh, short run. It debuts at number 53 <laughs> uh, at the box office with $45,000. That is bad. So, not a great debut. No. Not something you really can build on there. Uh, it does, does come in ahead of the IMAX Haunted Castle movie. <laughs> what had, was it opening that weekend? Well, no, that's in its 85th week. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. So I'm just saying, so way to water, not in the top five for the box sure, office. Sure, sure. <laughs> the box office game. Um, okay. Number one, November 1st, 2002, is a Christmas movie, a sequel. Santa Claus 2? Santa Claus 2. <laughs> the Escape Clause? Uh, the Escape Clause, which comes out, are we, we're, Let's see. Eight years after the first Santa Claus? Uh, 2006? No, it was 2004. Uh, I'm sorry, 1994. What am I saying? It was 1994, I, wasn't it? No, I, all right. So a bunch of stuff. Yes. The first one is Santa Claus comes out in 1994. Okay, nailed Second it. comes out in 2002. The third one is the Escape Clause. Comes out in... Oh, oh, That's oh. That's 2006 mm-hmm. with Martin Short mm-hmm. as Jack Frost. The second one's oh, called yeah. The Mrs. Claus. Wonderful. Love uh, it. I guess so. It doesn't have an... A, a, an actual like okay, on maybe screen it was subtitle, but the, right. yeah. uh, who has here has seen been? the Santa Claus two? I've seen like Martin Short's bits. I've seen all that. That's three. That is three. Oh, shit, That's sorry. the escape clause. We're talking about the Mrs. Claus. Tell me about Santa Claus two. It's I. I mean, I don't really remember much of it, but I, I had a good time. Who's his wife? Elizabeth Mitchell. Yeah. They realize there's a Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Where remember how in the first one he starts turning into Santa Claus? Yeah. They realize if you're not married within, oh, seven years of the first film, (laughs) (laughs) that you start turning back into a normal guy. So he has to find a Mrs. Claus or else he'll stop being Santa. So he starts getting skinny again and his hair starts turning brown. So it's just trying to do the opposite of the first movie's bit, but less interesting. Has to make a woman fall in love with him, break the curse. Um, it's like a reverse Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I saw the Santa Claus one in theaters with my brother, Aww. and he was very young, and he burst into tears when oh. Santa Claus died. Oh, my God. Uh, I got very emotional when he gives Judge Reinhold the, the toy he always wanted as a that's kid. That's a nice bit at <laughs> yeah. the end of the first Santa Claus. Yeah. The first Santa Claus is okay. I think solid. Yeah. Uh, Santa Claus 2 is number five in Box Office Mojo's sure. comedy hyphen fat suit. What? what? What's four through one? Okay, number one. I I do not think belongs in this category. <laughs> it's Mrs. Doubtfire. No, that's not, not quite. a fat suit. That's a chub suit. He's just wearing <laughs> makeup. He's yeah. wearing yes. He has become a new character. He's got a chub suit on. Sure. What do you see him without the dress? He's got a chub suit on. And then it's Austin. There Powers. is a scene where like he gets the suit made for him. Yes. Right? Yes. By the guy. Right. Yep. But it's not really like it's the a woman suit. Weight is not really yeah, the sure. sort of like yeah. uh, thing that's going on there. Like he's turning into an old woman. That's that's what's sure. happening there. But the number number two is gold member. Number two is gold member. Number three, Spy which Who fat bastard only has one scene in gold member. <laughs> he's in it. 
Yeah, but I I mean, you want to call that a fat suit comedy? I don't know. Is Weight of Water an ice cube thriller in that case? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I guess so. And then you got Santa Claus 1 and 2. Then you got The Nutty Professors Big 1 Mama's and House. 2. Sure. Then you've got Hairspray. Sure. Which, okay. again, is a little tricky, but it's more, her size is more of a, it's a, a plot, plot point. point. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Big Mama's House. And Dodgeball yeah. is number 10 because there's the Ben Affleck. The fucking is, epilogue? Well, not Ben Stiller even. No, it's more than the epilogue, right? He's in like a few scenes where you see him. Not memorable. It's at the end after he loses, he starts gaining weight. No, I remember. I I think it's only the epilogue. And then Norbit. Sure. And then there's just like a lot of Tyler Perry movies. (laughs) And Shallow How. What a a list that is. What is number two at the box office? Number two at the box office is a horror film. It was number two the week before. Okay. But it has only dropped... 2%. 2%. Is it The Ring? It's The Ring. Oh, yeah. The opposite of a low. usual horror movie, which is like opens big, drops immediately, right? right? You know, door, like. Because yeah. The Ring door, only opened door. in like the high <laughs> teens, right? The Ring opening weekend was $15 million. Right, not great. But then it stayed because it crossed 100, which and is a then, really good multiple. Uh, uh, in its second mm-hmm. weekend, it makes $18 million. Ooh. And in its third weekend, it makes. $18 million. Oh, yes. And in its fourth weekend, it makes $15 million. Huge word of mouth hit. Good a, movie. A stylish movie from a great filmmaker. I, mean, I, I disagree. How do you feel about Gore? I love him. Yeah, I think he's yeah. great. He's cool. Okay. Yeah, you guys are total maniacs. You gotta yeah. know. I like yeah. the... He's a likable director. He is. He's a, he's a good I'm player. not like obsessed or anything. Sure. But, uh, right. I'm with you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you guys Rango on the reg? I love Rango. Rango's, I love Rango's Rango. best movie. You love, you love Bugs and Lizards. It's a big bug and lizard movie. That's my bit. Yeah. You're the queen of the bugs. That's <laughs> true. Queen of the bugs. Emma's bit, we should note, is that she's queen of bugs. <laughs> right. I love them. They're great. The EBs. Oh. Emma's bugs. Hmm? Emma's bugs. Um, yeah. EBs. Karen boys. The EBGBs. <laughs> thanks thanks for laughing that's Griffin. what I give people <laughs> no laugh here um, <laughs> uh, The Ring the original, I think the original is better I've only uh, seen the original I've Asian never seen horror is always scarier I, I, I didn't find it scary. I kind of like the remake. I think because I knew what was going to happen. Okay. Like, I knew I was going to see I her come out of I didn't know she was going to come out of that motherfucking <laughs> TV when I saw that movie. Do you know what I think The Ring does incredibly well? Uh-huh. I think it is one of the only movies to successfully pull off. And I can only speak for myself, but I felt very tricked by it. The fake out ending. Because mm. mm. there's the point where they defeat Samara and right. the movie's gone on long enough and you think it's over and she wakes up the sun and she goes like, we're cured. And then there's another 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a good call. It's it a does it fake out. really well. I think that movie's good. I also I think, think that good. movie was just generally, uh, generationally important. Agreed. Uh, as like the first horror movie a lot of kids saw because it was a PG-13. Was it right. Not? I remember seeing that with like my yes. entire eighth grade class or whatever it was and all of us flipping the fuck out. <laughs> I also think the video is really good. In it's the scary. Because yeah. in, yes. in the original it's also good but it's it's just like so low quality it's a little That's, harder. Berlinski's yeah. a master yeah. stylist. Mm-hmm. He is. Look uh, at those Budweiser frogs. He knows how to shoot things. <laughs> Alright, number three at the box office. Uh-huh. Is a buddy comedy. It's a flop because mm-hmm. it's opening number three. It was I expensive. Spy? Yeah, good job. I remember this good vividly. Job. This was like my my eighth grade or whatever. I was we like got, in the pocket. I was in the pocket. Give our three leads. Uh, it's Eddie Murphy, yep. Owen Wilson, Famke Janssen. Famke Janssen, who you've worked with, right? I, I worked adjacent to. Like okay. my first movie I ever did, 
We, I, Emma and I ran into her at an ice cream store about a month ago. It was amazing. She she's doing? so tall. She's a tall girl, which and you're very yeah. tall. Yes. You say that. Yes, you're you're over six feet. I well, I think I am six feet. Maybe I'm okay. six one. As I don't is Famke Jansen. Is she exactly. taller than you? Six. We're the same height. Six feet. Wow. Wow. Gina, Zinnia, Gina Davis too. We're all we're all tall six girls feet. hanging out. How, how's the air up there? You oh, and Gina. It's and wonderful. Famke. Little thin. Um, <laughs> Famka was like my biggest movie crush for a very long she's, time. She's awesome. She's gorgeous. First she's X-Men. Still she's an X-Man, yeah. Gorgeous. She is Jean Grey. It was all about yeah. Jean Grey. Uh, but I Spy? No. Not a hit. The audience has <laughs> decided not to spy. Betty Thomas, movie. who was kind of riding high, that, that, sort of, that sort of killed things. Uh, Betty Thomas, the director of Dr. I Spy. Had done which was humongous. Mm-hmm. But what did she direct later? Alvin and the Chipmunks, the oh, squeak God. Can you tell me what she directed in between, though? It wasn't Serving Sarah, was it? No. no. But it's that kind of movie. Yeah. Reginald Hudlin directed Serving right. Sarah. Right. Fuck. Right. 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 But it's two people. It's like that. It's a comedy that's just like. No. It's a no? teen comedy about someone. Oh, John Tucker must die? Oh, boy. He must die. Okay. Number four is a, a low budget documentary comedy that had been number one the week before. Low budget docu-comedy called Jack Ask the Movie. Nice. Which is a terrific See, movie. I saw all of these movies. This was like a big movie going time for me because I totally. was like now allowed to see movies with my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't need my fucking dad, the man, <laughs> to drag me to the Cineplex. Right. I could go see movies with Cody Lewis, Patrick Solomon. Aww. Shout him out. Dean Diaguardi. Great. What a, what a bunch of guys. Skyler Reddick. Uh, these are the most like stereotypical yeah, teen middle names. school. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you yeah. lived in a, a teen novel. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like you live in a Jack Teague. Yeah, that's a good name. That's a pirate name. Yeah. Oh yeah. Number five mm-hmm. is a movie, a horror movie I saw in theaters that I had a decent time with, uh, which is directed by, and this is my detail that I love, a man who's only made two movies, and they both have the same word in the title. He's only made two movies. They both have the same word. He's in like the a title. totally anonymous director. I've never heard of him. Is this his first or second? Second. Film? It's a horror film. Is an original horror picture. It is. And they never made a sequel? No. It didn't make that much money. Does it Does it have a big star in it? No, it has a TV star in it who is kind of trying to make a leap to movies. And it has a set piece right at the beginning that is gruesome. Interesting. Boy, oh boy, is it gruesome. Like notably like famous? I don't know about famous because there's nothing about no this movie about that's this that famous. But if you were going to remember something from this movie, it's probably the opening scene, which is gross. <laughs> TV star? Was it like a teen TV star? No. Grown up TV star. In fact, we've mentioned the show on air. Today? ER? It's an ER actor. Is it uh, Juliana Margulies? Correct. Really? Yes. Is it Ghost Ship? Ghost Ship. Oh my God. Ghost Ship. Directed by? Fuck, I don't know. You don't know. Steve Beck. What is the other movie? 13 Ghosts. Oh. Ghost Ship. (laughs) I was hoping both of them had shit. Right a year apart from each other, then he never makes a movie again. What if he had directed Shipwrecked? That'd be great. That would be good. I think that would be a great move by him. Yeah. Ghost Ship, which stars Gabriel Byrne, Uh Juliana, uh, Emily Browning's in it, right? Emily Browning, a young Emily Browning. Yeah, she's tiny. Girl. Yeah. And the opening scene is. Some like metal cable. It's like a, a there's a party on a ship. I remember in, this. Yeah. old timey. Okay. And then some cable gets loose and slices everyone in half. And, but like in a way where they're all like standing there for a second and then oh they all go God. like, yep. And like all and That's it's the only gross. way you can do a halfsy. Uh, can you tell me what the tagline for Ghost Ship was? <laughs> ship happens. 
Up ghost, top. Ghost ship happens. Oh, boy. Uh, here, Emma, do you want to read the tagline oh. for me? Right up there. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I wanted her to see it. Uh, the tagline is see evil with C spelled. No. Like, oh, no, 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 no. That's cool and funny. That's cool and funny. That's a good one. That's I laughed. cool and funny. No, no, no. Yes, you just, I, yes, you just yes. saw me. heard me laugh. Yes, 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 yes. I yes, think yes. that And I love the poster, too, because the poster, the I remember good. seeing the poster, like, on the marquee, being like, wow. That's a, yeah, <laughs> it's a ship, but what if the ship was you also know, a if skull? I had, if I had seen that poster before knowing what the movie was called, I would assume it was called Sea Evil. Agreed. Sea Evil <laughs> is more prominent and larger on the poster than the title. That's true. It actually actually is a little or it looks like it stars someone called sea evil right like yeah it, it, it's not the greatest poster Which, maybe that contributes to its mediocre 30 million domestic growth. i'm here let's, to see sea evil uh, yeah right let's be fair if the fast and furious franchise can star an actor named vin diesel yeah, this it's is your not favorite that bit. illogical to believe that a movie called Ghost Ship could star an actor named Sea Evil. But Sea Evil's okay, just sitting yeah. there and he's like just waiting for the phone to ring and then finally yeah. they're like, Ghost Ship? And he's like, the movie for me. <laughs> My time's Mr. Come. Evil, yeah. Sea Oh, I'm sorry. We want you to be caterer. <laughs> not in the movie, Mr. Sea Evil. Um, other movies in the mm-hmm. top 10. Mm-hmm. My Big Fat Greek Wedding in its mm-hmm. 29th mm-hmm. week has made 185 oh million dollars. Well, it sounds like the end of its run. That cannot make any more money, right? It's definitely not going to make another $65 million. (laughs) Uh, That box office run will never make sense. Ever, 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 ever. It's so crazy. Nia Vardalos recently followed me on Twitter. Oh, congratulations. Congrats. Thanks. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama, also starring Mr. Josh Lucas, Mm -hmm. is uh, is making healthy money. So he's killing it this weekend. (laughs) Just murdering it. He's number six and 53. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what everybody wants. Um, you want a real good spread. Yeah. Sorry, seven yeah. and fifty. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's yeah. lovely movie. Uh, that movie has, I think, aged incredibly well. It's yeah. perfect. It's a perfect movie, but I think it's a movie that's only gotten better with yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So has this movie, Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Has only gotten better with We all time. remember it. Take that back. Where Brett I'm Ratner was like, what if I made Manhunter? But hear me out. Didn't do that great a job. <laughs> What if Manhunter wasn't directed by Michael Mann? What if Manhunter yeah. wasn't directed by Michael Mann? And I'm like, mm, I don't know. You're going to have to sell me <laughs> wait, on the guy who's going to do it instead. Wait a second. No, no, I got it. 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 Brett Ratner. <laughs> do you know this story about Brett Ratner's parents had like a horrible custody battle? Oh, no. And when he was like nine, this is like Brett Ratner's Rosetta Stone. <laughs> I think that I think are we not allowed to be mean to Brett Ratner anymore? No, I think his, you can definitely his be parents mean to were Brett. not. I'm not going to stop. I yeah. believe his parents were not married, and there was a horrible custody battle, and also like I, I guess for child support. And he went with his school class on a field trip to court. Like that was a thing. I don't know if you ever did that. But like grew up in New York and be like, we're going to go to the courthouse and see how yeah. law works. Yeah. And the no. case that was no. going on no, when they no, went no, the field no, trip no, 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 no. was his mother and his father arguing over no. the ba- the bastard Brett Ratner. No. I did not know that. How do you know that? Because I read a profile of Brett Ratner. Sure. But that feels like he walks into that courtroom, the bastard Brett Ratner, and he walks out of that courtroom going like, I got to make everyone think I'm cool. You know? Uh, great. Yikes. He succeeded. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we all think you're cool now, Brett. Uh, so do you remember when he did X-Men 3 and he said, it's like I'm Wolverstein. Did he actually no. say that? They called me Wolverstein because I'm like the Jewish Wolverine. I don't care for that. Uh, he directed X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah, he directed X-Men 3. Oh, no, he, I remember yeah. that, but I meant uh, like the Wolverstein he, story. He was the yeah, one. Yeah, he did. We'll he never know if either he Yikes. or Matthew Vaughn was the one who was like, let's get the juggernaut bitch meme in there. 
I would bet on it being <laughs> Matthew <Brett>. Vaughn. <laughs> Matthew Vaughn definitely cast Vin Diesel. He cast everyone in that movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he quit very shortly yeah, before they started. It's weird. Yeah. Weird. Uh, and then did the yeah, same thing with Thor. Yeah. And then did the same thing with Days of Future Past. He did the same thing with Days of Future Past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to direct Thor. Yeah, I don't think before he quit. Marvel Studios got the rights. Back. Right. Yeah. I don't think he quit yeah. that late with Thor. Um, number ten is Brown Sugar, which is a great movie. Yeah. I saw that in theaters. Uh, Rick Femi, you, uh, I, yeah. I don't know how you say his yeah. name. Yeah, but, good director. Uh, uh, who was going to make The Flash for a second there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, of course movie. I'm directing The Flash now. Congratulations. Congrats. This week. Number 14, this is the last thing I want to mention. Okay, Ben is having a great time. Attack of the Clones, <laughs> the IMAX experience. Very nice. Ooh. A movie I definitely went to see. I saw the IMAX <laughs> cut, which I've talked about is 20 minutes shorter. and Because they had better. to fit it into the IMAX. What did they yeah. cut? Uh, all the romance, the romance stuff. Oh, got it. Yeah. Sure. Um, the the so, testicle bugs are gone. Way to water doesn't stick around, unfortunately. Does not. Uh, no. What number was it? Fifty six. Uh, it was fifty three. Yeah, fifty three. And, and I just I want to repeat. I think it's interesting. Comes out after K nineteen, so mm. she's really fucking. Yeah, because K nineteen was a summer right movie. Uh, K nineteen, our next episode right. was a summer movie this right. year. So this is her boring water movie duology, right? Oh boy. And then she. Uh, chills out for a sec and reboots and wins uh, a fucking Oscar. Wins an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, how you do it. Yeah. Congrats, Catherine. But but like, you know, she makes weight of water. They bring it to festivals. It's met with a shrug. She's like, fuck. National Geographic offers her a hundred million dollars to make a submarine thriller Wait, with wh- Harrison oh, Ford. Right, yeah, okay. And it's like, great. Okay, this is the way to get myself back on the map. That movie comes out is a huge flop. And then to add insult to injury, three months after that movie flops, they finally release <laughs> they the finally previous movie. In. And then that flops even harder. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's an amazing comeback story. Like, the stage is set perfectly <laughs> for her to fucking rewrite history. Which she does. Which she will. Yeah. Bam, bam, Bigelow. Adjusted uh, for inflation, Santa Claus opened to $44 million. I remember being a struck, because I thought the movie was going to flop. I thought it was a yeah, it was another cares? stakeout situation, that they waited too long. <laughs> waited too long. Uh, yeah. Comedy fat suit. Uh, so we've run for two hours. Ben Hosley looks like he wants to eat poison. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to cut it off right here. Thank you. Uh, please edit that out of it so liberally. Yeah, yeah, if you want to slow it down. Yeah, exactly. Play the whole episode. Everyone at listen half speed. at half speed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the will to live is slowly we seeping about the out of the water Hosley's for like 30 eyes. minutes. Not a lot of time. Generously speaking, 30 <laughs> minutes of the weight of water. We gave it, we gave it some attention. We gave I it think some we talked about. <laughs> we gave it some weight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. That's the end of the episode. Thank uh, you very much. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what were you going to say? Do we have a talk out? A talk out? Fade out, but we're talking. Oh, uh, like no, no, goodbye. no, no, no. We, we do it tight. Do we do it tight, like Got the it. fucking let's wrap it up kind of business thing. Cool. Uh, uh, Karen, Emma, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, people great. should follow you on Twitter. Yep. Uh, go- Google your pieces. I get Twitter's probably a good way to be kept abreast of, of your work, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, for sure right your podcast Karen's Boys is starting uh, immediately after this yeah just right. stay t- just keep the podcast on and it'll segue right into right. it someone right. please help me <laughs> free Emma I think that's a good idea for a podcast will you help us uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where he was helping you he's like I think it's a good idea I was encouraged he'll help you with his vocal support <laughs> Oh, what a 
claws. Look at the spikes. Look at the spi- all right, all right, all right, all right. Everyone, back to zero. <laughs> Uh, I, Griffin, Griffin, while you're laughing, I want to do. I just found out some news, and I want to do the as al- as always. So just let me do it, okay? Oh fuck! Okay, I had something planned, but you do it. Do you have something good planned? Y'all hate it, so do what you're hating. <laughs> uh, but if yes, you ask follow, me, yes. If you ask you, no. Follow M and Karen on Twitter and uh, yeah. Letterboxd and all your favorite social media great. platforms. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Thanks to Joe Bowen, Patrick Reynolds for our artwork, Lane Montgomery for our theme song. Uh, I turned my phone back on because I was trying to look up the thing for the end as always, but we're no longer doing that because I don't want to make David angry anymore. No, no, you're going to like it. I have already made one of my friends angry. His name is Ben. He looks furious. <laughs> <laughs> Scarlet with rage. Yep. Angry about my existence. I'm very hungry, so please wrap this yeah, up. So Thank to Ange Fergudo for our social media. And as always, Paramount's the big... Uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog movie project has a new leash on life, reports <laughs> The Hollywood Reporter. Walt Becker... Who directed Alvin and the Chipmunks The Road Chip Has come aboard to helm the feature Which is intended to be a live action hybrid So you're saying That he's going from old dogs (laughs) To big dogs (laughs) He can barely contain himself (laughs) A big red dog What if instead of them being old and human They were big and red And what if the dog hit everyone in the nuts (laughs) I I hope it does so, thank you, and uh, we're done. Thank ben, you all, Becker. D- d- delete this episode. <laughs>